And we are on air for our NASCAR race review from the Championship Four weekend at Phoenix Raceway. Uh, three big races this weekend, including a season finale, uh, the fourth race, a season finale with the ARCA West, where they crowned their champion this weekend as well. Joining us shortly will be our co-host, Sal Sagala. And uh, just to give you the rundown of our uh, schedule here for tonight, we're going to start with the Arkham Menard Series uh, with a quick review there. We're also going to review the NASCAR Truck Series uh, very quickly. And then at 8.40, actually we'll probably start with the Truck Series and then go to uh, the Arkham Menard Series. At 8.40, our guest is the Arca West champion, Jesse Love, with Bill McAnally Racing. He won that championship, has led most of the season, uh, the series point standing, and uh, he backed it up this weekend at Phoenix Raceway with the championship title. Um, and then at 9 o'clock, we'll, get, uh, we'll start getting into the Xfinity Series when Joe Graff Jr. comes on board with SS Greenlight Racing. Uh, we're going to talk to Joe. He's been a regular guest this season. Uh, this is our season finale and the last time that Joe will be on with us this season. Uh, but uh, we will talk about his season in the NASCAR Xfinity Series and uh, his thoughts about racing in this very unusual year. And then we'll get we'll uh, finish up our Xfinity Series review and get into the NASCAR Cup Series review at Phoenix, and uh, we'll let, make sure that you know who all the champions are in all of the series and the and the championship for competitors. Uh, at 9:30, we will get into our uh, hot topic sound off, and uh, joining us tonight will be Jay Huseman. Uh, Andy was not able to make it, and I don't think Mike's going to be able to make it. So we've asked Chris Crichton to come on board tonight uh, to join our Hot Topics discussion. So uh, look for him to be joining us uh, tonight for Hot Topics. Okay, with that, we now have our co-host on board, uh, Sal Sagala. Welcome to the show, Sal. Oh, good evening, Sharon. Thank you. Okay, uh, we're going to get... Uh, right into the truck series, actually, and then I'm going to give a real quick review of the Arkham Menard series before uh, Jesse comes on board. Uh, to start off with, in the truck series, uh, it was pretty pretty mild race up until the very end uh, when Sheldon Creed took that lead uh, in the truck series, uh, and uh, so he is the 2020 champion for this year. Uh, Zane Smith came in second. In third place is uh, Chandler Smith driving for KBM. Then you have Christian Eckes in fourth place and Raphael Assard, both of them rookies, uh, finishing in uh, fourth and fifth place. Now, Stuart Friesen, Ben Rhodes, Tyler Ankrum, Todd Gilliland, and Brett Moffat round off the top 10 drivers from that race cell. Yeah, it was a, it was a, like you said, it was pretty mild for being a, um, for being a one mile track, you know, and especially what was at stake. But then you also got to, mm-hmm. you know, take your, you really got to uh, congratulate 
all the drivers that weren't in the chase, you know, they gave all the chase drivers, you know, that room that they needed, you know, to, you know, to let them Thank decide you. the championship because all, all the races before this, it was a free-for-all out there. I mean, we've seen a lot of, a lot of um, rubbing and, you know, a lot of, a lot of crashes and stuff, but this race, you know what, the, you got to, like I said, you have to give your hats off to all the other non-chase drivers, you know, for giving the, you know, these guys the room that they needed to decide their own championship. Exactly right. Now, uh, with the points, I don't know if you were able to pull up the points or not, Sal. I, I can't. I haven't sure. Go ahead. Okay, so we have Sheldon Creed, of course, in the lead. He is the champion. He had 440 points, just five points behind him was Zane Smith. And then we have Brett Moffat, uh, 13 points back from the leader. And Grant Infinger are your top four drivers, 16 points back. So it was a very tight battle there uh, between those four drivers all at Phoenix. Now, um, in a few minutes here, we're going to have Jesse Love coming on board and uh, he is uh, going to be, or he is, I shouldn't say it's going to be, uh, uh, Jesse Love is the ARCA West champion uh, in that series. He led most of the year, Sal, and uh, came home with that victory. Uh, he did not have the best finish of the year uh, in this uh, particular race. David Gilliland actually won this race. Ty Gibbs came in second, Taylor Gray third, Todd Gilliland in fourth, and Drew Dollar rounds out the top five there. So um, actually, if you look back at the uh, running order here, Jesse Love actually finished in 14th. And also, Blaine Perkins had a bit of bad luck. He had some uh, mechanical issues. He had an engine issue, and uh, that put him back in 25th place for this particular race. Uh, but it was enough uh, for Jesse Love to bring home that championship for the ARCA West Series. And then also, just to run down the series points here, we've got Jesse Love in first, 25 points back is Blaine Perkins. Gracie Trotter holds down that third-place spot, Sal, uh, 31 points back. Trevor Huddleston in fourth, and Gio Selzy rounds out the top five in this group. So, uh, again, we've talked about this before. It's pretty much the Bill McAnally and uh, Bob Brunkati Sunrise Force drivers in that top five. Yeah, you know, it's, you know it's, what's really even more sad with Blaine is that that was a brand new – him and Trevor both had brand new cars for this race. Um, Bob had bought oh, uh, two cars. He bought it from – actually got it from GMS, from GMS Racing. And, um, you know, mm-hmm. for that to happen to Blaine, you know, because, uh, you know, it was just fun. I mean, when you have 27 cars out there, too, you know, it was a it was a huge field. It was a yes. stout field. You know, um, yes. you know, you had all the East drivers out. And, you know, it, it was gonna, either way, it was going to be a tough battle for, for Blaine and for Jesse, you know, to be able to overcome them. And then, then you, like I said, you met you throwing David Gilliland, you throwing Todd Gilliland. You know, it just made it that much more tougher. <clears throat> yes, yes. And and we we kind of uh, talked a little bit about that on the preview show, too, that it was going to be tough for these guys to maybe get that win, having a former champion in the field along with David Gilliland, uh, both of them from that California area. 
uh, and, uh, you know, popular drivers out there in the West. Uh, but Jesse Love, I thought, uh, you know, did well. He did, he did well enough throughout the season uh, that it didn't matter. He was still able to bring home that championship. And Jesse's here now, so I'm going to bring him into the queue so we can go ahead and get started with talking with him. First of all, Jesse, I'd like to uh, first of all say hello, but then congratulations on winning the 2020 ARCA West Championship title. Awesome. Thank you so much, and it's a pleasure pleasure to be back on the show for sure. Well, we've enjoyed talking to you throughout the season, Jesse. You've had a, a really good season in the ARCA West, and uh, uh, we've enjoyed watching you throughout this season uh, in in racing. I know this race probably wasn't your best, uh, but you had such a good season before this that it didn't really matter. You had three wins this year in 11 starts. You had nine top fives. 10 top 10, four pole awards. You led 369 laps, uh, an average start of 3.7, an average finish of 3.9. Uh, just, just a fantastic season. Uh, you led your closest competitor by 25 points. Yeah, definitely. It was a really cool year. So the, the whole you know 11 race season was packed full of uh, cool racetracks and, and a lot of fun racing and. You know, unfortunately, we didn't run very well at Phoenix. We had a brake problem where we ran out of brakes at the end and, and had to, you know, run half the race without brakes. But uh, that really hindered us. But at the same time, we also had to do some points racing and, and uh, make sure we were out on ourselves and not, you know, racing hard with anybody because we didn't want to, you know, take a chance of getting wrecked out. So, um, you know, everything we did was on purpose throughout the whole weekend, and, uh, and it paid off in the end. Absolutely. And... Uh... Uh, you know, we're real happy uh, for you in winning that uh, series. You, you, it was well-deserved. Like I said, you led most of the season. Uh, talk a little bit, Jesse, about what your biggest challenge was this year. I know one of the challenges is the fact that you hadn't raced a lot of these tracks before. Uh, talk maybe about how you overcame that. But what were some of your other biggest challenges uh, for the year and, uh, you know, your, your your most memorable moment of the year. Yeah, so, I mean, there were a few challenges that I uh, had to face, but, you know, nothing I wasn't uh, open to and, and ready to take on. You know, it was, uh, you know, obviously one of the things was not going to – my first time being at some of the racetracks, right? So um had to work hard to uh, make sure that I was prepared enough to where – I could make up for, you know, some of the time I didn't have at that track. And, uh, you know, definitely there were some racetracks where experience went a long way and, and not being there, how to, you know, not being there before I had to put a lot of preparation to it and, and make sure that I was uh, the favorite going into all the races. And I think we did a very good job at that. Uh, but I mean, there were a lot of, you know, different mem- memorable moments, you know, Kern was super cool to put on the pole there and, uh, Colorado was cool to win that race, put on the pole. And my first race, of course, was, was super cool. You know, I was really pumped after that, especially with, you know, a good field of cars and a lot of road course ringers. And to beat all of them was super cool at Utah. And um, obviously to get the win, steal, steal the win back at, at Irwindale was pretty cool. That was a fun battle with uh, with Huddleston and his home track. So, um, you know, we had a lot of fun, race, run, fun races the whole year. And 
I think that uh, we made the most of it and, and had a lot of fun throughout the whole whole year as well. Okay. Now I know joining us tonight is our co-host Sal Sagawa. He has some questions for you as well, uh, and then I'll come back and ask a few more questions. <laughs> okay, Sal. Yeah. Hey Jesse. First of all, congratulations on the championship. I know it was uh, like Sharon said, it was a trying year. Most of it being, you know, with you know, with the with the with the pandemic that hit, you know, and not having any practice you know, or any qualifying, you know, that, you know, you guys are used to, you know, like coming in like the night before, you know, getting some practice time, you know, then of course, you know, on race day, you know, they always give you a practice session and a, you know, and a qualifying, but everything got changed around. Yeah. First off, thanks for having me on the show and thank you for the congratulations. That means a lot. It means a lot. And, but yeah, I mean, to touch on what you said, definitely, you know, a weird year with the COVID situation and, uh, not being able to have the practice the night before, and that was definitely pretty weird. But overall, at the end of the day, we we were able to uh, prepare the best and and put together a solid solid race plan before uh, every weekend, and and we did a good job at that. And my BMR and Napa team um, did a great job throughout the season at being prepared at all the racetracks, and um, had a lot of fun throughout the whole year. So what what was it like racing without the fans? I know I talked to a few drivers. You know, they said it was kind of you know kind of not the same, you know, because with the, you know, especially with the ARCA West series, you know, they always have the, you know, the, the, um, uh, the autograph session, you know, where you get, you know, you get to meet the fans, you know, and sign autographs and, and talk with them, you know, and of course this year all that was wiped out. Yeah, that was definitely a bummer, you know, going to my first race of the year where there weren't any fans at uh, Irwindale and, and prior to that being able to go to a lot of cool racetracks where there were a lot of fans, uh, on the dirt side and, and not new Smyrna Vegas had a good, had a really good turnout and, and uh, Utah was pretty cool as well. You have all these racetracks where there's such a cool uh, fan base and to go to Irwindale where there's normally a really packed house and, uh, and, you know, the heart of LA is, is just, it's weird not having fans. So that was definitely pretty strange. And especially the autograph sessions that normally happen at Irwindale are always really cool. You get to meet a lot of fun people and cool people. So, uh, you know, definitely a bummer, and uh, but you got to do what you have to do to keep everybody safe. And, you know, safety, especially as a race car driver, is always our top priority most of the time and, um, you know, all the time. So just, uh, you know, can't let go of the people that were able to make the ARCA season happen to begin with. I know that, you know, Bill McNally did a great job at making sure that we had the opportunity to even race in the first place. So everybody that uh, – you know, put their best foot forward and, and made sure that we got the season in, you know, hats off to you and uh, everybody owes them, you know, uh, a round of applause because uh, it was super cool to, at one point, you know, wondering if we were going to get be able to get the season in with the COVID situation to uh, be able to run all the races is super cool and be able to go to a bunch of different racetracks makes it that much better. Because of the COVID, you know, and no practice, uh, did you guys spend extra time at the at the shop you know going over you know a race plan you know maybe looking at films or something you know as you came up to these tracks you know that you had never been to before jesse you guys there i don't know yeah we're here <laughs> we didn't hear you for okay. a minute right, did you bad. were you able to uh, hear sal's question <clears throat> yeah Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, 
what I was saying was like as a driver, that's you know one of my responsibilities is to make sure that uh, you know I'm the favorite going to every race and, and I can perform the best that I can for my team. And I had to do a lot of preparation because I didn't go to many tracks. And you know there were some situations. I remember at Colorado this year, uh, there was there was a pretty memorable moment there where uh, you know I never made a lap on a racetrack in my life, but. My preparation was good enough to where my my third lap on the track, um, mocked up on new tires, was the best lap of of qualifying and best lap of practice. So that put us based off qualifying on the pole for the race. So um, you know that that goes to show like the preparation that went into it. And you know I made sure that I worked the hardest. I know that I worked the hardest out of everybody in the garage, and it and it paid off a lot this year. Mm. You know, and actually this season. Excuse me. This season was a lot different for BMR than from seasons past because usually Bill would always have one battery driver, you know, and then, you know, he'll bring in, you know, two or three other drivers. Or even in some cases, he would have two veteran drivers, you know, and, and one of the newer drivers. But this season, you had three basically rookie drivers, you know, and with, uh, with, uh, with the program. Yeah, and that was something that was pretty interesting at the beginning of the year. You know, it got a lot of attention, the fact that, you know, there weren't any veteran drivers before you had. I mean, even if there was Haley there, right, there would still be a veteran driver technically, right? So um, you had Derek and you had, you know, Eric Holmes at one point, Chris Eggleston, all these guys, Cole Rouse sort of. And you had all these people that, you know, had had at least a season under their belt to kind of lead the team. And, um, you know, we didn't – there wasn't uh, that – Technically, there wasn't that this year as far as the driver goes with um, them not being, you know, not having it be their first season um, in the in the team and on ARCA West. So, um, you know, I had to make sure that I picked up my weight. And, you know, I, I said it before, and, you know, I, I believe it. Like, I knew I was going to win the championship before the first race of the season started at Vegas. So, um, I had to make sure that I could, you know, believe in that and put that out there and, and you know, attract that to myself. And I had to put a lot of preparation in to do that. Um, and I think that, you know, that went a long way with the team. And, um, you know, I made sure that I could be, and I developed myself a lot throughout the year, you know, listing the people that, you know, obviously know more than me um, to, you know, be the best team leader that I could be and be the best quarterback that I could be and, and learn from people like Bill McAnally where I could, you know, lead my part of the team as best as I could. So um, I think that we did a great job with that this year. And, uh, you know, to really carry the torch for the BMR stable was uh, super cool to do this year. You know, it is when you, when you look at the, you know, the program itself, how, how did, how did it, how did you come about to drive for BMR? I'm sure there was other offers, you know, from other teams or else you guys had, you know, probably looked at, you know, some of the other West teams, but how did the, how did this deal come through with the BMR? Yeah, you know, it just all made sense. And, you know, we had a few opportunities to do a bunch of different things uh, coming this year. And uh, we really figured just running for Bill McAnally was the right choice. And it had always been a dream of mine to do so. And, uh, you know, I I've known, I known, I knew Bill for a while. And, and obviously with him being a Toyota team and, and Toyota Racing Development truly backing BMR, um, you know, definitely influenced our, our um, position with them. And, and, and it definitely uh, – influence you know the decision that we made at the end of the year of last year so uh, you know the test went well with him when I tested with him as well and uh, that was just a, you know a super cool opportunity to be able to have the you know be, be able to be in the situation to begin with was super cool so 
um, you know, always grateful to be able to run for great teams like that and uh, makes for some really good memories as well. Well, Jesse, I just want to say congratulations on the championship and good luck, you know, uh, wherever you're going to end up next season. And with that, I'm going to turn it back over to Sharon. Thanks, buddy. Okay, Jesse. Uh, you know, have you had a birthday since we last talked to you, Jesse? Because I know you're, what, uh, 14 or 15 years old? Yeah, I'm 15 right now. My birthday is in January. Oh, Okay. So 15 years old, you probably don't even have your driver's license yet. Uh, I was looking at some of your background information, and I know you've gotten special approval throughout your career to race different series because of your age, but everybody had a lot of confidence in your talent. Um, uh, Talk a little bit about that, because a lot of people might not realize uh, that you have a background in in the – uh, I want to say ASA, but I'm, that's not it. The series is uh, escaping me right off the hand. USAC. The USAC. USAC is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you've yeah. got you've got a lot of experience in the USAC series as well, and uh, I think you had to have special permission to be able to race in that series, right? Yeah, when I was younger, you know, I was really young at that point. I was probably, you know, on the brink of probably like 10 years old, 9 or 10. I was testing a Focus midget at 9 years old, and, uh, you know, that's a, you know, big car, and, and how to get approval for that, and then to race at 10 years old, how to get approval again. So um, I've gotten a lot of, a ton of waivers over my, you know, past few years of racing, and um, but I definitely, you know, had to work hard for them, and, and I'm definitely super grateful and blessed. Uh, by everybody, at uh, whether it's Toyota Racing Development or USAC, uh, everybody to, you know, let me get those opportunities to race at such a young age is, is really cool. Now, now, do you do, did you do any eye racing to kind of prepare for any of these tracks? You know, I'm, I'm, I did a little bit of eye racing during the, you know, the whole COVID thing with there not being much racing during that, but um, to be honest, you know, I don't do a whole lot of eye racing anymore. Um, I just I, I prepare in different ways than that. Okay. Uh, did, did the USAC racing, uh, you know, that's mainly racing on dirt. Uh, did that help you at all this season? Yeah, of course. You know, there's a few things that, uh, you know, dirt racing helps with pavement racing, and there's a few things that it doesn't help with, and vice versa, you know, with pavement dirt so um you've got to understand those mm-hmm. those two different uh you know styles of racing and take the good with the bad and you know you know take the good and, and try to leave the bad um so that's one thing that's really important with being a driver that's doing a bunch of different things and i think that uh we've done a really good job with that this year okay now did you have the same crew chief all year kyle uh Wolosek? Uh, no, I actually we changed crew chief uh, halfway through the year. Oh, okay. So talk about your crew chief and and the change. Yeah, so I mean, in the beginning of the year we had Kyle Wolesek and he did a great job, but it just uh, it wasn't you know the right thing uh, you know that uh, everybody wanted and, and everybody decided to kind of go their own separate ways. And uh, Jason Dickinson was my crew chief for the rest of the year, and he did a phenomenal job at uh, you know being a good team leader and and working his tail off throughout the whole year, and he's a phenomenal job. 
Yeah, I think I think it's really important to make sure we also talk a little bit about who those crew chiefs are because uh, a lot of this doesn't happen. You, the, the t- driver obviously needs to have a lot of talent, but you also have to have a good team behind you. So, and I think the crew chiefs play a big role in that. For sure. Okay, now Jesse, uh, you're not finished with your season, right? You've still got some more racing to do. Yeah, so I'll be going to uh, finish out my dirt season with uh, the West Coast Swing with USAC, and I'm going to do some midget races uh, with that and some sprint car races. I'll be doing some double duty, which is pretty cool. You know, it's always awesome to be able to run two cars in one night, and I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, And then I'll be doing some leisure car racing on on the road course in Charlotte uh, to get my uh, road racing skills as best as I can. Okay, and also you you back some uh, pretty interesting uh, uh, charities as well, uh, the Jacqueline Foundation. Now, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, you know I've, I've definitely you know done the best that I could and and worked as hard as I can for the friends of Jacqueline Foundation, and they've done a great job at what they're doing and, and helping so many great people. And uh, you know I can't thank all the people that have. Help me out with that, and, and it's definitely a pleasure to uh, put your heart in the right place and, and be able to, uh, you know, be as grateful as I can be and, and, and put my best foot forward with helping out people that uh, that might need it. It's, it's definitely really important for me, and I'm so grateful to uh, be able to help out uh, some of these amazing kids. Yes, and some of those kids are kids that uh, uh, have cancer, and, uh, you know, that support means a lot to them. Sure, sure. And I had a great kid, William, uh, that was with me throughout the year, and he came to some awesome races, and uh, we had a lot of fun with him and, and overall just uh, a great year, and he's doing really well, which is, you know, super awesome to hear. And um, it's, it's, you know, a pleasure to, uh, to be with some great kids and, and be part of a great foundation like that. Yes, uh, and we, we applaud you for doing that. Um, Jesse, again, we just want to say congratulations on a fantastic year. We hope this isn't the end of the line. Uh, and uh, I don't know if you know, do you know what your plans are for next year? Yeah, I got a really good idea about what I'm what I'm going to do next year, but uh, I can't disclose that as of right now. Okay, well, I hope you do stay in touch with us. <laughs> We'd love to have you come back again. Uh, and kind of keep up with you as you kind of progress through your career here. And, uh, again, congratulations on a fantastic season. Awesome. Thanks so much, guys, and thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. We enjoyed it as well, Jesse. Take care now. Yeah. All right. That is Jesse Love with Bill McAnally Racing. And uh, for such a young guy, he's so well-spoken and – uh, he kept his cool and calm. He was very relaxed uh, going into the championship and uh, really did a fantastic job uh, all year long, Sal. Oh, yeah, he did. You know what? And, and like he said, you know what? They did what they had to do to, you know, to win the championship. You know, sometimes they say, you know, you know, you know, you, you can win the, you know, you can win the war. You can win the battle but lose the war. And in this case, you know what? The battle wasn't, wasn't, as important as the war itself because, you know, the, of course, winning the war was the championship in this case, you know, and, and, you know, and they did what they had to do. You know what? They stayed conservative. You know what? They stayed, 
main thing is they stayed ahead of Blaine, you know, as far as, you know, the running order was going. So, um, you know, everything else, like you said, came second, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's a good way to, uh, you know, to, to enter a, a last race, especially when you got this many drivers that any mishap and your competitor, you know, just needs a, a decent finish, you know, and, and that, that would have been the end of their, you know, all the work they put in. So, yes, it was a you know, very good, uh, it was a very good run for them. Yes, it was, and and uh, Bill Mack, another championship for Bill Mackey. Uh, I mean, Bill McAnally. That has just been an incredible organization over the years, and uh, they've done so much to help drivers like Jesse Love and some of the other drivers. You know, Derek Krause came from Bill McAnally. Uh, we've had uh, all of a sudden my brain is dead. <laughs> Who else? Todd Bill McAnally driving. Todd Gilliland, Todd Gilliland uh, Chris Eggleston, uh, you know, you had Eric Holmes, yeah. who's a three-time champion with them from back in the day. Um, of yeah. course, you know, he mentioned, you know, Haley Deegan went through the program, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's a, a few others. You know what? Cole Custer ran ran a few races for him. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there, there's just a, there's a whole host of, of uh, drivers, you know, that have come through this program. So I, I just want to say a big <clears throat> congratulations also to Bill McAnally Racing. He had three drivers in that top th- top five uh, for the season, and uh, that's quite an accomplishment. Okay, it's time for us to move on to um, the NASCAR Xfinity Series. Uh, joining us in a moment is going to be Joe Graff, Jr. He's been a regular guest on the show uh, throughout the year, And, of course, uh, this is our season finale. They had their season finale over the weekend. And uh, Joe Graff Jr. is going to be here uh, to talk about the Xfinity Series season and uh, his thoughts about uh, all of that. So, But let's go ahead and get started uh, with the top ten in the Xfinity Series. Austin Sindrick came home as the uh, champion in in this series, Noah Gregson came home with the second-place finish. Uh, then it was Brandon Jones, Michael Lynette, and Justin Algauer rounding out the top five. Uh, Austin and, and Justin are the only two that were the playoff players in that group. Uh, the next ten, or the next five drivers were Harrison Burton, the rookie, uh, Ross Chastain, Justin Haley, a playoff uh, contender, Chase Briscoe, a playoff contender, and in 10th place, Jeremy Clements. So uh, some interesting uh, running positions there for Phoenix. Yeah, it was, you know, and, and you know, for, for a while it looked like Chase Briscoe was going to, you know, like he was a, looked like he was the cream of the crop, you know, and then, you know, he had his, he had his issues, you know, and then Justin Algar really looked, really looked super strong too. You know, I, I thought for a minute there, you know, that, that, you know, Cedric was going to, he was going to, you know, well, he got by Cedric a couple of times, but, um, you know, just mm-hmm. to hold the position. But uh, Austin Cedric, I mean, that uh, Penske <clears throat> Xfinity team, boy, they, they, they were strong when they needed it, which was this last championship race, you know. I mean, given the fact, you know, that Briscoe did hit the wall, you know, a couple of times, and finally the last time he hit the wall, you know, was what Neglet, you know, put him down, you know, down to the to the ninth-place finish. But all in all, it was a, it was a very good um, – season for the for the, all the Xfinity drivers 
that were involved, even the ones that weren't in the chase, you know what, they, they gave us some really good racing this season. And hope, I hope we can see the same next season out of them. Yeah, I think we are, Jay, uh, Sal. I think we are going to see some great Xfinity Series racing. We know Cindric is going to be back for another year in the Xfinity Series, so I look for him uh, to be certainly going after that championship. Noah Gregson's going to be back. You've got Harrison Burton that's going to be back. Uh, so I think uh, those three could possibly be the big three for next year because Chase Briscoe is going to be moving into the 14 in the Cup Series. So uh, I think we're going to see some great racing next season. And, and let's not forget Justin Algauer. Um Phoenix is a great track for Justin Algauer, and uh, he showed it. Uh, he, he really tried. He just didn't have the car that could compete with the number 22 of Austin Sendrick. And um, uh, I thought they put on a good uh, show. Uh, just to let you know, uh, we did not mention where Justin Haley finished. Oh, yes, we did. He finished in eighth. <coughs> um, yeah. So all four drivers were in that top ten. So uh, it, it, it was really, it was really a, a fun race to watch because there was competition going on throughout the race. Uh, we talked about how slow the truck race was. It wasn't like that with the Xfinity race. They, they were battling back and forth all day long. And uh, when it came down to the end, it was Austin Sendrick. Uh, who really commanded the lead and and took that championship. So I was real happy for him. You know, and it, it's kind of ironic because the the truck race and the Xfinity race came down to, you know, to a final restart, you know, with the green-white checker, you know, what? and and both drivers won while, I guess, Sheldon Creed kind of set the stage. You know, when he went down low, came from eighth to first, you know, and, and everybody kind of spread out, you know, and then Xfinity kind of picked up on the same thing. But it, but when you when you go back and look on that last caution, those two drivers came in and got tires, even though they were, you know, up towards the front, and they came in and got tires, and the tires is what made the difference, especially, you know, Sindrick talked about it afterwards, you know, that, you know, he's glad, you know, that it's crew chief because the commentators are saying he, he's going to stay out. There's no way being up, up front, you know, he's going to come in. He came in and got the tires and, and still still got the win. And um, uh, he was, he, I mean, it was, it was like you said, Sharon, it was a really good race, you know what? And, um, you know, it was, it was, it was a, it was a, you know, there was race. These guys were racing. Everybody was racing in this one. It wasn't a, it wasn't a gimme race. You know, everybody was, everybody was fighting, you know, for the last race of the season, you know, they're fighting for a win. They're fighting to see a lot of these drivers that don't have, seats next year, you know, are trying to get those good finishes, you know, to try and get that sponsorship. Okay. Um, okay, so, yeah, we're going to have to <laughs> – I'm not sure where Joe is. I was just sending a text, and it looks like I sent it to the wrong uh, email address, so I'm going to have to try again here uh, and see if we can figure out where Joe is. Um I do want to, just in case, uh, go over the points here. Uh, we might go ahead and get into the Cup Series in case Joe calls in a little bit later. <coughs> uh, but the Cup Series, the uh, top four drivers, uh, let's see where that's out here. Um, You're going to the Cup Series or won. Xfinity? I'm sorry, Xfinity Series. I said Cup, but I meant Xfinity. Yeah. Um, okay, yeah, I'm, Austin, I'm already parked, so I'm ready to go. 
oh, okay, go ahead and go, and then that will give me time to see if I can find out where he is. Okay, and then the, the official official standings for the for this year's Xfinity Series was, of course, we just spoke that Austin Cedric won the he's, he was this year's champion. Um, Justin Algar finished second. Justin Haley third. Chase Briscoe ended up. Those were our top four that were our chase drivers. And then from there we go down to fifth place was Noah Gregson. Sixth was Brandon Jones. Seventh was Ross Chastain. Eighth was uh, Harrison Burton, which is the highest finishing rookie. Um, ninth was Michael Annette. And tenth, Ryan C. rounded out. But there was Ryan again um, having a, another very good run this season. And from I think me and Sharon talked about earlier in a few shows ago that Ryan was going to be back next season. I, and I can see him being uh, a really tough contender for to make the chase and even a shot at the championship. Of course, that's, we're losing Ross true. Chastain. Yeah, and then we're losing Ross Chastain this season. He's moving up. But, um, you know, Sharon mentioned, you know, all the drivers who are coming back, you know, for next season. One we forgot was Riley Herbst will be back. He hasn't signed with the team yet. But it, oh, from Justin what it looks Haley, like, he's my Justin coming Haley's back, too. back, too. I think, yeah. Yeah. I think all yeah, those Justin guys Haley's are back, too. Be... Yeah, Noah Gregson's back, too. But um, uh, yep. Riley Herbst is also coming back. But That's from, true. from what from what they're saying is that it, it looks like he's almost close to signing with Stuart Haas Racing to take over um, uh, Chase Briscoe's seat. So, um, what? He, huh? Oh, you mean you mean in the Xfinity? <laughs> in the Xfinity series, yeah. No, no, not not in yeah. Cup. No, 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 the Xfinity series. Like, he's um. What? <clears throat> yeah, no, no. He's he's close to signing with uh, with 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 Stuart Haas Racing, you know, moving from from Joe Gibbs. And, uh, I gotcha. You know, yeah. I mean, there's, you know, I mean, you you look up and down, and you know, the, the series was was very well rounded out this season. You know what? Um, you know, of course, the powerhouses, you know, kind of kind of took over, but you know what? There was still good racing all up and down throughout the field, and um, you know, uh, Austin Cedric really really earned he he earned this he earned this this championship in this yeah. race because it was tough. It was tough. And let's not forget, Sal, that some of the cup drivers that haven't been announced yet uh, into other cup rides, uh, there's the possibility some of them may come into the Xfinity Series for next year, too. So we'll definitely want to keep an eye on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, uh, Joe is still not here. I'm not sure what happened. But uh, let's go ahead and get into the Cup Series and uh, talk about what has uh, what took place there. Uh, we know that Chase Elliott uh, becomes one of the youngest uh, uh, drivers to win. Uh, he's the most popular driver uh, along with his dad. And I think it's the third different uh, father-son duos uh, to win in the uh, Cup Series as well. Uh, Chase Elliott came in first. It was Brad Keselowski in second, Joy Logano in third, and Denny Hamlin in fourth. And those are your championship four drivers. Uh, Jimmy Johnson came in fifth. Uh, Then the next five drivers were Ryan Blaney, Kevin Harvick, Matt DiBenedetto, 
William Byron and Martin Truex Jr. So uh, very, very. Uh, I thought the drivers in this series as well, uh, Sal, did a real good job of uh, uh, giving the drivers plenty of room. Yes, and and it got it got dicey there between Chase and and Brad. Chase, you know, got into Brad's rear end a couple of times, and when Brad came up behind him. Brad had a chance to give it back. You know, Brad didn't. Brad decided to go to the quarter panel, you know, and try and side draft off him, you know, instead of, you know, give him a little love tap in the bumper, you know. But, you know, once again, you know, Chase was just, oh, man, I don't, Chase was just, you know, another planet. But on a side note, Jimmy Johnson's daughter told Jimmy Johnson after the race, she goes, Daddy, you won the race. And he goes, no, I didn't, baby. He goes, yeah, you did, Daddy. He goes, because the other four were running for the championship. He goes, but he, you were the one that won, that actually won the race. <laughs> you know, because he finished fifth. He finished fifth behind the other four. Gotcha. So Jimmy, Jimmy right. made a comment. He goes, yeah, he goes, I guess when you think about it, I did. He says, because those four were, you know, kind of racing their own race, you know, so Jimmy finishing fifth. But it, he said it was kind of ironic that his daughter noticed that and told him, yeah, Daddy, you, you, you were the, you're the real winner of the race. But, um, you know, I thought that was kind of cute. But either way, you know, congratulations on Jimmy on that fifth-place finish, you know, finishing behind the, those four, you know what. And, uh, you know, and, and man, Sharon, we're lose, we lost a – you know, we didn't only lose one driver this year. We lost a bunch, more more, more than what we yeah. used to lose. You know, when they retire, they retire one at a time. They don't go out four at a time. Well, and I think you know? next year we're going to see more uh, drivers <clears> – <throat> Uh, exiting the exiting the NASCAR Cup Series in particular, because 2022 is going to be a whole new package, a whole new car uh, for NASCAR in that series. And you know, I know some of these Xfinity Series guys are kind of holding back in the Xfinity Series to wait for the 2022 season, so that they can go right into that new car and not try to learn one car to have to learn a, another new car the following year. So I think we might see a few other drivers that uh, will be leaving next year as well. Yeah. It, it, That's good speculation up, you know, on my part. Yeah, you know, and it's good. It's a good speculation because, you know, it keeps the cycle going. You know what, it, it doesn't, you know. But then, you know, when when we look back at Ron Horner Day, you know what, he, he did is he spent all his, all his NASCAR mm-hmm. life you know, in, in a truck, you know, because that's what he wanted to race. You know, sure, he came up and raced. Back then was the Bush Series, you know, and the, and the um, Winston Cup, you know. But still, you know, his bread and butter, you know, was the, was a, you know, he was a, he was a truck driver, you know, and, and he loved, he, Ron Horner Day Jr. loved racing the trucks. Exactly, exactly. Now, Sal, it looks like we're going to have some extra time here. I wasn't uh, necessarily planning on that. Uh, but uh, what we can do here with this extra time that we have is uh, maybe let's listen to uh, some of the champions here. Uh, which champions are we going to do the points? Like hear? Oh yeah, let's do, do the, the points. Point. I thought we did the points already. <laughs> no, no, we're, we we got we... stuck on the finishing order. Oh, okay. We let's do the, the points, points, and then we'll listen to some audio. <laughs> okay, so the way that yeah, the way the points. Well, of course. We know the top four because that's how they finished. But the uh, mm-hmm. points went as Chase Elliott, the champion. Brad finished second. Joey Logano third. And Danny Hamlin were the top four Chase drivers. And then from there, we got fifth 
in points was Kevin Harvick. Sixth was Alex Bowman. Seventh was Martin Truex. Eighth was Kyle Busch. Ninth was Ryan Blaney. And Kurt Busch rounded out the top ten. And an honorable mention, of course, had to be number 12, who who finished 12th, who's retired this year, too, is Clint Boyer. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, yeah. I know he's going to be missed. He's going to be missed a lot. And um, mm-hmm. and just well, and just to make him. it, yeah, and, and just to make it official, Cole Custer finished in points above Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell. I know there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, a lot of talk uh, about that, yeah. over that about that. But I mean, um, Cole finished 16th, Tyler Reddick finished 19th, and Christopher Bell finished seventh or 20th, which is a very very um, competitive uh, rookie of the year group this season. So you know, hats off to those drivers too. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it was good to see Cole Custer finished in that 16th place ahead of all the other uh, rookies. Uh, only seven points, Sal, uh, from the first to the fourth. So that was they, those guys were pretty evenly matched uh, in for the championship four in that Cup Series. That's the closest uh, of any of the other series uh, as far as the point spread from first to fourth. So uh, I thought that was worthy of note as well. I also put out on uh, Fan for Racing this week uh, a kind of a, a spotlight on the crew chiefs who were the championship for crew chiefs uh, for each of these series this week. And there was some interesting information that uh, we put out there about each of those guys uh, that were helping to guide uh, all of these teams uh, in their championship for uh, season. So uh, if you haven't had a chance to take a look at that, uh, it might be worth a, a, a look. Um, now let's, uh, now we can uh, think about some audio since we have still a few minutes here. Uh, is there a particular champion you'd like to hear from first? So, Sheldon Creed, yeah, Austin Sendrick, yeah, or yeah. Chase Elliott? Yeah, why don't we start at the, at the with the structure with Sheldon Creed? I know he had a really good interview at the end of the race, and um, of course, you know th- this the, this audio was taken inside the media center. It's not when they get out of when they get out of the car, so of course it's gonna be a lot different. But Sheldon's is really interesting, right. you know, at the end of the race. And once again, congratulations, Sheldon! Thanks for representing California and especially Southern California the way they, the way you did. Um, I'm sorry, I'm a Southern California boy, and he he grew up racing. An hour and a half from my house, you know what? And and been a big fan of Sheldon, you know, for a long time. So, I mean, there there's an extra congratulations out to Sheldon for that. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let me pull up the uh, audio there for Sheldon Creed. We won't be able to listen to all of it, but we'll try to get his opening comments here. Uh, Sheldon Creed from the Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series and GMS Racing. We are now joined by our Gander Trucks champion for 2020, and that's Sheldon Creed. Sheldon, on I just watched the video again of those last two, two laps. Unbelievable. Maybe just take us through that. Yeah, I was uh, planning on running third uh, for the championship. They were fourth in the race, and caution come out. Jeff and I talked about it a little bit on the radio, and figured we had nothing to lose. We are going to run fourth in the championship at worst, and we were already third, so um, wanted to pit and, and at least have a shot there. So four tires, 
then we got two round down the track bar and no fuel. So we tightened the way up because I was extremely free and just had a plan to, to run the bottom and just try to pick up as many guys as I could. And was trying to watch where they were. was trying to watch the, the 18 because um, I was on the inside of him. And I was trying to, to clear him right away just because I didn't want to get free underneath them on exit. I was able to do that, and then I was kind of watching up the track a little bit, and I'm seeing the 51 just pawned his way in there and, and kind of checked him up. I need to watch the replay again and see all what happened, but it looked like the 51 just slid up the racetrack and kind of checked the whole lineup, uh, checked the 98 up, and I was just able to get to the gas extremely fast and almost be even with them, and then um, yeah, I just got clear off the floor there and, and just had to put together a good lap. Okay. That was Sheldon creating his opening comments uh, in the media center after winning the race. Your thoughts, Sal, because he pretty does a pretty good job of explaining uh, where he was and what was going on at the end of that race. Yeah, you know, I think this had to be the most interesting of the of the wins this season. Finish. This, this, the finish this weekend because of where he came from and, wh- and what he had to do to get that win. And, you know, and, you know, I mean, you 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 couldn't have scripted it any better, you know, to be to come and get the tires, get that far back, you know, and and have the faith. You spoke about crew chiefs earlier, you know, you did a piece on the crew chiefs, and when you're speaking with Jesse Love, you told Jesse how important the crew chief is. Well, this is mm-hmm. the crew chief that made the call, you know, that made the calls, you know, get the tires, you know what, and you know we have a better shot at the win, even though you're going to be far back in the field, but because of that, because of that bootleg, that dogleg that that Phoenix has, you know, and Sheldon's experience, you know, with, with driving, you know, a, you know, a, a, a trophy truck. And if you ever seen a trophy truck, the way they drive, they drive on big tires or up in the air and they, they're all wobbling and everything. So, I mean, this is the perfect scenario. Plus it being from dirt, this is the perfect scenario for Sheldon, you know, to be able to, to get as low as he did, you know, to get that win. And, you know, and, but um, this was, it was interesting. It was, and it was exciting you know, to say the mm-hmm. least. <laughs> it was. And, and actually, Austin Sendrick said, it, you know, when he when he uh, he did pretty much the same thing in the Xfinity race and in his post-race uh, interview, he, he did say, uh, you know, it worked for Sheldon Creed, uh, you know, in the truck series. And it was he felt it was worth a try for him to do it uh, in the uh, in the. Uh, Xfinity series, so you had two races that actually played out that way, uh, and both crew chiefs were involved in both of those decisions. Uh, let's go ahead uh, and listen to Austin Sendrick, uh, who won the championship in the Xfinity series as well. We'll hear what his opening, or, uh, yeah, opening comments are after winning. He drove the number 22 Team Penske Ford in the Xfinity series. Okay, we are now joined by our 2020 NASCAR Xfinity Series champion, and that is Austin Sindrick. We'll get right to questions. We have several in the queue already. And we'll start down here with Jeff Gluck, and then move on to Bob, and then Jerry Jordan in the press box. Hey, Austin, uh, in one of your interviews post-race, maybe on um, MRN or something, you, you talked about how, you know, when you started Legend Cars, um, you weren't good, and, and you had to get better, and, and your message was to – aspiring racers out there, you know, it's not where you, where you start, but ultimately you can get better. So over the years, how did you get better? And how did you get better 
recently enough that you end the season winning more oval races than road course races. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, I've I've driven a lot of different cars. I've had a lot of different teammates and competitors, and I've done a lot of, of observing as far as, you know, everyone's learning curve is different. You know, my, my, my learning curve, it's required a lot of hard work, a lot of preparation, a lot of uh, studying, um, a lot of self-criticism. Um, and, and for me, that's, that's the hard work that I had to put in. And, and, and every driver has, has, has different things they need to improve on. Um, and, and for me, when I started out in Bandoleros and Legends cars, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't the kid that had already been go-kart racing for three or four years. You know, I, I, I found it difficult. And, um, and then racing when you're already not as fast as you want to be and, you know, getting run over. And the summer shootout stuff is difficult. I mean, especially as a kid to understand that, you know, no one wants to give you anything. And then there's parents out there that want to do the, do the same thing to you. It's, 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 it's a tough challenge as a kid. And, um, I was fortunate to have, have parents and, and, and the right people around me. Uh, I, I may not have been in the fastest car every single time when I was a kid, but um, I had people that were teaching me hard work. You know, a guy, a guy named Stephen Abbey, um, I mean, he was pretty much my big brother through all. I mean, we traveled around the country racing legends cars, and, and he taught me to be tough, not to take anything from anyone. And um, like, like I said, it's not about where you start, but it's, it's about how you grow yourself. And um, some of that comes through self-awareness. I figured that out early on in my career. That that's, that's what I started to lack, and, and uh, that's how I grew the most in a short amount of time. Um, but overall, yeah, a lot's happened in a short amount of time in my career, and I, I probably would, never would have told you 10 years ago that – I'd be winning races for Roger Penske at, at this level um, you know, as a 22-year-old. Uh, I, I would have friendly told you that that's crazy. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be here. I'm proud of the work that I've put in to get here. and um, Still a lot more to go. Okay. Pretty inspirational there to know that uh, it didn't come easy for Austin Sendrick, but he put the hard work in, and now he's winning championships. Yes, you know what, and, 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 you know, where he came from, what he talked about, you know what, it, it's it's almost kind of like the like the Jesse Love story, you know what, how his story is going to mm-hmm. end up coming out when he gets older, you know what, coming from the dirt and doing all that. But, um, you know, he, um, you know, Roger, see, it's obviously Roger seen something in him, you know, and, and, you know, picked him up and brought him in, you know what, and, and the, and the um, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, the job that he did, you know, he, he, you know, gosh, he almost did it with perfection, but, you know, it didn't come easy once again, you know, it was a, it was a tough battle. It was, it was, you know, a rough ride, you know what? And, and it came down to this, you know, which is going to, until they stop the chase, it's always going to come down to the very last race, you know what? And he performed mm-hmm. when he needed to, you know what? And he held off. I mean, he held off some charges from Briscoe. He held off charges from, from, uh, um, Justin oh, Algar, who was also, Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and what's really cool is that, uh, you know, a lot of times the drivers who have connections within the industry, because his dad is Tim Sendrick, who is an executive with Team Penske, um, the, the, people think that they've got that uh, silver spoon, so to say, in their mouth, and that it comes easy for them to be able to make it in, in the national series. And, and Austin Sendrick is humble enough to say no. <laughs> I had to work hard for this. It did not come easy for me. Uh, and I just had to put that time and self-awareness. So, you know, the fact that he realized uh, he had to develop his own self-awareness uh, is really important, too, I think, here. Um, so I, I really liked his uh, comments in that interview. 
Yeah, he's he's he's. You could tell he's going to be he's going to he's going to represent the Xfinity Series really well. You know, um, next season. You know, then of course, you know, the season after that. You know, then he's going to jump into Cup. You know, he already he already made the announcement. You know that he's going to he's going to wait out mm-hmm. the you know the one more year. You know, but he has a seat waiting for him. You know, and uh, mm-hmm. you know it's it's just you know waiting out. You know, coming back and and defending that championship. You know, we've seen it with Dale Earnhardt Jr. come back defend his his nationwide championship. You know, we've seen it with a few yep. drivers. You know, who who won who won nationwide slash Xfinity slash Bush championships to come back another season you know, and defend it. You know, and try and you know and go back to back. Um, we've seen it last year with uh, Tyler Reddick for two years. He did it. Cole Custer took two shots at it. Christopher Bell took two shots at it. You know, so yep. you know it's, it's, he you know he's bringing a lot to the table. You know, and these drivers they got to watch out because this Penske program isn't one to they're not out here messing around. Yep, yep, that's true. Now we probably won't have time to uh, listen to Chase Elliott, but any quick comments that you have there? Uh, yeah, you, you know, know I, I thought. thought kinda, go ahead. I, real quick, I thought it was kind of neat that they showed on social media that he drove he drove one of his cars through the streets of uh, of um, yes, of Georgia, you know, that. where he grew up. You know, it was a parade lap, and I know there's uh, there's arguments going back and forth that that's a championship car, but you know what? That is not the championship car. The championship no. car is on its way back to Hendrick Motorsports. That was that's based that's his, one of his backup cars he had at the that you know that they had over at HMS because there's no way they're going to get the car from Arizona to uh, to Georgia that fast. <laughs> right, it's you know, um, a championship and car. I thought it was really cool too seeing Jimmy Johnson. This was his very last race in the NASCAR Cup Series. Uh, you know, because he's retiring after this year, he may come back for a few one-offs. Uh, but he, he's talked about racing in the IndyCar series for next year. I, I thought it was pretty poignant uh, for Jimmy Johnson to stop and, and congratulate him and then the hugs uh, that took place and, and all the drivers that drove up next to him and, and congratulated him. It says a lot about Chase Elliott and who he is. Well, you know, it goes back to what his crew chief, Alan Gustafson, told him from the beginning. You know what? don't make any enemies out there. Make all the friends you possibly can because in the end it's going to help. You know what? And, and mm-hmm. I'm sure Chase had his moments. He's a young driver, but you know what? You know, but like you said, you know, the, you know, the, the other drivers, you know, they recognize, you know, especially young drivers recognize, you know, what that meant, you know, by congratulating and seeing Chase win because it shows, you know, that you don't have to be a crafty old veteran like, Danny Hamlin, you don't have to be a crafty old veteran like Kyle Busch, like Kurt Busch, like any of these other drivers, you know, that you could be, you know, a young driver, you know, and, and still have the, you know, the um, uh, maturity. Yeah, the maturity, the tenacity, you know what, and, and the drive, you know, to win it, to keep your marbles together and win a championship, you know. So, you know, this, this went a long way. And I actually, I thought for a minute that him and Jimmy were going to take a lap together around the track. But that didn't mm. happen. I can't remember that who was been, the last yeah, one that retired. I thought that was going to happen too. Yeah, for I a think minute was, I thought that was going to happen too. Wasn't it Jeff and Jimmy that did that? Or I remember the last driver that retired. Or was well, it Jeff Tony Gordon's or first race was uh, I think Richard Petty's last race. It might have been something there. Yeah, I, I, I remember 
one of the drivers that retired was our last race. They 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 took one lap with the uh, mm. you know with the champion, and then and then they came in. I kind of thought that was going to happen, but you know it didn't. But you know that was still cool. You know the way they you know the way they stopped you know on the track you know and you know then of course you know Jimmy Johnson was in the victory you know victory lane with him you know which is you know which was um which is really neat. Okay, well, Sal, we're we're a shorter person tonight on our final Hot Topics uh, segment. I don't know if you have time to stay on with us, but you're certainly welcome. Yeah, I got I I'm here at work once again, Sharon, and I and oh, okay. I got guys kind of staring me down. Like, are you going to get us started or what? I told them, just go <laughs> do what you got to do. You guys know your men, your men. You know you're not robots. You're men. You know you guys know what you got to do. So. Um, well, we're about to let you, know. you go, Sal. <laughs> uh, I, I know Jay's here, and uh, we'll we'll get into the hot topics, him and I. And uh, first of all, I just want to say thank you for a great season. Uh, I know it had its ups and downs in a lot of different ways, uh, and I'm glad to hear that Sandy's back at home and and on her way to recovery as well. Oh, thanks. Yeah, she is so. And you know what? And I just got to say thank you, Sharon, for another season. I don't know how many years. We got to go back and figure out next year what's going to be. 2011. 10th, 11th, 12th season. I know. Next year will be 10 years. Wow. 10 years we've been doing this. And, I, and it started out as me as a guest. And you asking me, <laughs> can you do, can you co-host a show for me? Because I don't have a co-host. And it started out like right. that. 10 years or wow. It's been that long. I actually started at the end of the 2011 season. Uh, It was at the end of the 2011 season, and then uh, I got the website and everything kind of going. And uh, from there, I think we went into, you know, the 2012 season we went in full time. So really, uh, it it won't be till the end of next year that it'll be 10 years, but uh, with the 2012 2022 season, it will be uh, a full 10 years. So we'll have to celebrate. Yeah, so have to do something. Anyways, thanks again. We'll see everybody next season. Everybody have a good off season. Um, wear your mask. You know, let's get rid of this COVID, man. We want to. We want to go back to the track next year. And um, I have a couple mm-hmm. articles coming out. I got. I got one up with Mike Keane, Derek Thorns. Um, crew chief i I did the the interview so that that's that's going to be huge i know for the short track for srl everybody's wondering what's going on with mike keen and and he's a real quiet guy then um who knows maybe i'll do something post snowball derby i know i'll be up at the derby this year in a couple weeks a few weeks that would be awesome three weeks yeah i'm so So envious this is your third derby six derby you six derby has it been that many yeah, I didn't realize it. I went back and looked. It's either fifth or sixth Derby. I went back and wow. looked. I think my first one, my first one was 2015, was when Chase Elliott won the Derby. Chris Bell got <laughs> I remember DQ that one. And and Chase yeah. Elliott won it. That was my first Derby. Was 2015. I think that was a Tunston incident, right? No, what happened was um he no the Tungsten was uh. The tungsten was a, was a Chase Elliott the year before. Chase Elliott got oh, caught with tungsten. Okay. Chris Bell got caught with um, too much weight on the left side. When he did his victory lap, he drove down at the bottom of the track where all the rubber's at, 
he picked it up inside mm-hmm. the wheel wells, and when they ran him through the scales, the rubber, because they, they gave him so many pounds um, uh, weight advantage, and he, and he, and he mm-hmm. went over by, by his percentage, and they found out afterwards, Kyle Busch found out afterwards, it was the rubber that caked up from his victory lap. But Ricky Brooks mm-hmm. said, you know what, dude, it, the thing is, it, it was there. You know what, you shouldn't have never ran down there. So. Yeah, I remember we had DQ Chase twice. on the show after he won. Yeah, and he he got DQ'd twice. He got DQ'd in, in post qualifying too, and had to go to the LCQ race that same that same year. That was my first one, was 2015, and they gave Chase Chase finished second. They gave Chase the win. Wow, so, amazing! Yeah, I know. Awesome. So, awesome. well, it. we're going to have to let you go, Sal. I know you got to get to work, okay. and, and Jay's waiting in the yeah. wings here. So, uh, again, thanks for all that you do. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll definitely look forward to the 2021 season together again. All right. We'll see you, everybody, next year. <laughs> okay. okay. Take care, Sal. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Okay. Goodbye. All right, we are past our time frame here, uh, but we have Jay Huseman here to uh, help me out with the Hot Topic Sound Off. Uh, This is going to be our last Hot Topic Sound Off, uh, and unfortunately a couple of the guys uh, could not make it. We're supposed to have Chris Crichton tonight uh, coming to step in, and as it turns out, Jay, it is his birthday, and guess what? He must be out celebrating then, probably. Well, his wife threw a surprise birthday party for him tonight. There you go. Yeah, so, see, that's yeah. You gotta. <laughs> so, so that's going to eliminate Chris Crichton uh, from joining us on our season finale here. Uh, but we are. So, I'm so happy that you're able to uh, uh, be here, Jay, and uh, help us out with our final hot topic sound off. Uh, for the 2020 season. Uh, so what are we going to start off with? Well, whichever series you would like to pick, but I think we got to talk about our champions. I mean, that's what it was all about this weekend, was the championship weekend and the races that determined them. So why don't we, why don't we start there? Okay, let's start with the uh, uh, Gander Outdoor Truck Series, uh, where Sheldon Creed, won the race uh we did listen to some of his audio uh a little bit earlier and i can still pull up audio if we want to listen to that but um uh yeah i I thought sheldon creed uh sal was very proud because he comes from the california area he's followed him he's raced around the not far from the area where sal lives and he's watched him uh over the years so he's real happy to see him win that championship um, I thought uh, he earned it the hard way, <laughs> I think. Not that the other guys didn't have to work hard, uh, but he kind of came from behind uh, in the closing laps in order to win that race. And I thought that was really cool to see. I'm not quite sure what you're looking for, Jay. <laughs> was it Monday night? We're Wait, today's Monday. Thursday night in uh... – the preview show, we talked about that, who we thought could be champion and why. And I know in all yeah. four series, your top four that make it into the final four obviously are deserving to be there for for their season. Um, but this series, I really did think that 
it, it was kind of an open uh, open uh, format for for the, there didn't seem to be a favorite. We talked about Sheldon Creed, obviously the wins he's had out throughout the season. Brett Moffitt, the experience level, uh, former champion, seemed to have a little bit more momentum having won recently as well as then Grant Enfinger. Zane Smith kind of being having a great rookie year, but having no experience mm-hmm. there at Phoenix, you know, kind of maybe the, the lesser of them, but certainly showed, you know, again, he's been there all year. There's a reason for it. And he was involved in that battle all the way to the end. So mm-hmm. the, the tough second. thing I look at, the right, that's what I said. And I mean, he was involved all race long um, for that reason. So the tough thing I look at, and I know it's still one race, you're competing the four championship drivers competing against each other, but it's still a full-blown race. You have a caution come out. If that caution doesn't come out, the championship is Brett Moffitt's. Then you come down to mm. the decision, pit or not pit. We've seen so many races like that and like that. To have a championship determined like that has got to be a bitter pill to swallow. You know, And in that case, Brett Moffitt yeah. being the leader had been out front. It, they're danged if they do, danged if they don't type deal. Um, very unfortunate. I feel for him. But like you said, Sheldon Creed, the, the crew made that decision. It could have bit them and been like, hey, we couldn't get back up to the front. They made the decision, got the tires, and he drove the wheels off of it in those uh, that final laps. So you do got to give it to him. And, and I know Mike picked him um, for a list of reasons. You know, again, he's been there all year, and it showed he has – I think what I look at, uh, I think Sal kind of touched on it, the maturity level we've seen from him uh, even throughout Mm -hmm. this year in some of the races, especially, though, from last year. We saw him have speed in that truck last year and just not be able to close the race for one reason or another, whether it was himself overdriving it, getting in some bad situations, and we didn't see that like that that this year. And I think that I do like that about that, him being our champion – for the NASCAR Gander RV Outdoor Truck Series. Yes, yes. Uh, I think uh, any one of them would have been worthy of the championship. And I felt like that really in all four series, that any one of the drivers had the potential to win. Um, uh, but when it came down to race day, uh, it's it's who actually goes out there and does it. And uh, in this case, it, that person was Sheldon Creed, and uh, he did a fantastic job of it. Um, and, and, you know, we talked about it, too. The crew chief played a role in that, too, because he's the one who kind of called him down pit road uh, to get fresher tires. And I thought it was interesting that uh, Austin Sindrick kind of followed suit. He learned from watching what Sheldon Creed did and did exactly the same thing in the Xfinity series. Uh, uh, and him and his crew chief made that decision to do the same thing. So uh, it was obviously a race-winning move and uh, a smart thing to do, and he kind of snookered the rest of them and and came up with that win. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean they they just flat out went out there and won it. Okay. That's what I was talking about with yeah. the Xfinity series. Moving into that series, yes, all four drivers were um, championship contenders, deserved to be in the final four without a doubt, but there were two favorites uh, really throughout the year. Now, when we get to the Cup series, we'll talk about that. They're one of the favorites, didn't even make it into the final four. So 
But in the Xfinity Series, we saw Chase Briscoe having a rough race. You know, Phoenix might not be his track, however you want to put it. But that is one of those things, like you mentioned, you got to perform each and every week. And when it comes down to this championship race, it is. I mean, you can't have even the slightest mistake, whether it be on the track or on pit road, because that's how close this competition is. So, again, Austin Sindrick, a very deserving champion. Uh, I know Mike said he felt like Phoenix might play into his favor a little bit, being similar to or having some similar driver characteristics to a road course. Uh, I don't know if you got that message, but I know I did. Mike said he did go three for three on who he picked as far as champion. Yes, so, he was. <laughs> he was pretty happy about that. So everybody got that message. I take it, okay. Um, and and those things came into play. But again, throughout that race, we saw all four of the championship drivers up there in the top four or five throughout the race contending. I know Justin Algar got into a little bit of a jam as far as tires. You know, but that, again, comes into it. The strategy, you know, it's a team sport. We've talked about that. Been the same all year. It's no different for this one race, whether it be a strategy call, pit strategy call throughout the race uh, on that final stop. Again, and, and this is one, again, I, man, I, and I saw some of the negativity, if you will, on, on Twitter and elsewhere, um, a caution about with what? the driver not involved in the cha- Drivers not involved in the championship are bringing out the caution, you know, as as it came oh. about in the Xfinity series. It happened to be one of the final four because it was a Chase Briscoe that brought it out in the truck series. It was ones that wasn't involved in it. So, um, but, you know, again, they, they know that going in. The format's been this way. That's understood. And that, that's the way it is. So uh, you can't hold that against anybody. And from there, you had to still make your decisions, your pitch strategies, uh, the calls of whether or not to come get tires and pit or not, and then just being able to drive and uh, take it either way. And in the, in the Xfinity series, I know again we saw it. You, you had to you had to make the move to to get that lead as well. And I felt like all of them were good finishes. We didn't see any wrecking or dump and run, if you will. I talked about mm-hmm. that over this weekend at the at the dirt track, so we didn't see any of that. <laughs> so I did like the outcome of all of them, you know. Yeah, circumstances could have been different uh, in each of the cases, but I didn't feel that, that, that there was anybody undeserving winning it. No, I thought I thought uh, any any one of them would have been deserving for sure. Uh, but keeping the focus on the uh, truck series, um, uh, you know th- that race was pretty pretty quiet uh, for most of the race until you got down to those last few laps. Uh, which made it pretty interesting, too. When I looked at, uh, let me see if I've got it here. That's the points. Uh, when I looked at, you know how we look at the cautions and, and all of that, there were only four caution flags, and, and most of those were for the Stage 1 conclusion, for the Stage 2 conclusion, um, and then there were two incidents. The number 42 had an incident in turn two, and the number 41 had an incident in turn three. So half of those were the end of the stages. The other half were there were really only two uh, real cautions uh, throughout this race or incidents throughout this race. And then uh, five, eight lead changes among just five drivers. So it, it, Sal and I talked about this a little bit too. It seemed like all the other drivers, for the most part, 
let these guys, uh, the championship four guys, you know, determine the race. And they were the ones that were pretty much up there contending. There were, but staying in the truck series, we did see a couple other drivers in there mixing it up as well. Ben Rhodes being one of them. Uh, Again, Mm -hmm. he is still there to win that race for himself, but was respectful of the championship four. So I I think in all three series, we saw that. And you got to give credit to the other drivers knowing that, knowing that if they're ever in that position, that's the kind of respect they're going to want. So uh, we saw there was some racing amongst non-chase drivers or championship four Mm -hmm. drivers, but they didn't affect the outcome. So you're right. I do like that. And like I said, I think those drivers know, hey, next year I plan on being in the championship four. I want that respect in return. And hopefully it goes that way again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And Sheldon Creed, I would say, uh, getting back to him winning the championship, and I do want to talk about Zane Smith, too. Um, Sheldon Creed uh, really showed some momentum during the playoffs. I would say he was probably the hottest driver throughout the playoffs. Uh, and uh, uh, I think that that uh, maybe should have – that probably should have been a foreshadowing for most of us that he had that good chance of winning that championship. Well, and I know that's where Mike came in when we talked about that, uh, of that, you know, like I said, Brett Moffat has the experience, been to the final four, having won the championship, mm-hmm. Grant Enfinger, the most recent winner to lock himself in carrying that momentum. But you're right. Uh, throughout the year, I would say that Sheldon Creed probably was the most consistent throughout the entire year. Now, Brett Moffat was consistent, wasn't picking up wins where Sheldon had picked up a few wins. Grant Enfinger, and I know he talked about that in one of the interviews we listened to him. You know, they started out a little hot, kind of cooled off, but able to maintain. And that's why he was so excited. He was in a must-win situation come Martinsville. They did step up and get that win. So that's where I felt like maybe his momentum was going to carry him. And then Zane Smith, mm-hmm. again, having a phenomenal rookie year, but is the lack of, most lacking with experience and uh, with the other comparing to the other drivers. But yet he was in there, like you mentioned, finishing second and had a shot at it. There's no doubt he was up there and had his shot at it. Absolutely. Uh, Zane Smith has been so impressive. And, you know, Zane Smith is not afraid to tell people that he does not have uh, the money backing that a lot of these drivers come up into the sport with. Uh, he's had to work really hard for the sponsorships. He's had to really work really hard at his racing because uh, he figures the only way he's going to get sponsorship is if he's successful on the track. And he's shown just how hard he's worked at that uh, by coming into the series this year and uh, finishing second uh, for the year as a rookie in this series. Uh, I, I think uh, that that is just fantastic. Uh, it's not something you see very often. Uh, but we had a couple of other rookies that, that finished real well in this race, too, with Christian Eckes and Rafael Assard, uh both finishing inside the top five. Well, and we've talked about that all year, that the truck series, I think, most specifically as far as the rookie of the year, uh, maybe a little bit more on the cup level, which didn't pan out like we thought it would. But the the truck series here, we definitely had a great crop of rookies 
and, and their performance. A couple of them we saw come out strong throughout the whole year. Uh, Raphael Lassard, I think, kind of came on more so in the latter half of the season, which is what you would actually expect from a rookie, mm-hmm. uh, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, those first time round, you go to the tracks for the first time, getting to know your team, doing the, the live pit stops, you expect kind of to see that rough start and then a gradual turnaround. Uh, whereas some of these others, and granted, you know, with uh, Christian Eckes being with the top team as well as Zane Smith, of top tier teams, Kyle Busch Motorsports and um, GMS Racing, maybe have a little bit of that advantage from that side of it. So you don't know where that comes in, but they definitely performed well all year, especially going back to, I know we talked about this on the cup side, the lack of practice and um, track time that other rookies have gotten in the past. Normally, the rookies even get additional time or additional tires or benefits, and they didn't even get what anybody would have gotten under a normal year. You know, in a way, I think that might have been the great equalizer this season because when you look at it, in the top 15, there were uh, one, two, three, four, five uh, rookies, including Zane Smith, who finished second. Uh, You've got Christian Eckes finishing the year in eighth. Uh, Derek Krause finished his season in 12th. Raphael, I'm sorry, in 11th. Raphael Assard finished in 12th. And Tanner Gray finishing 4th. Uh, and you're right to think about how they did that in a year where they could not do practice or qualifying sessions uh, to really kind of get a feel for those tracks. Uh, they walked from their motorhomes directly into their trucks and uh, raced these races. And... Uh, uh, I think it kind of equalized the field uh, for the entire year, and uh, it was really good to see them uh, have an opportunity to showcase just their pure raw talent. I do, and it's one of those of uh, we always talk about how feeling good about the future of the sport. We know uh, Zane Smith, one of them that we know is returning to the Truck Series next year. But as well as I believe Derek Krause, if I'm not mistaken, has already had that announcement made. So mm-hmm. that tells you the, the future future of that series and the sport as they move up through the other series. The only problem we run into is getting all the way to the cup level, and that's because there is only so many seats available at the top level. Exactly, but I think that bodes well for these other series because we're going to see some top top notch talent. Uh, in both of those series, I'm talking Xfinity and the Truck Series, Uh, there's going to be some amazing talent in both of those series. Sal and I talked about the Xfinity Series in that regard earlier, just how many great drivers are coming back for another year and uh, how much fun that's going to be to watch those guys. Um, Saying that, let's go ahead and move on to the Xfinity Series. Uh, You had Austin Sindrick. Uh, winning that championship. Uh, Justin Algauer came in second. Uh, Justin Haley is third for the year. And Chase Briscoe ended up fourth uh, on the points report for the year. Uh, And he had such a fantastic year. Uh, But at the end of the season, uh, it just seemed like uh, it was a little inconsistent. Yeah, there were a couple of things in there, but and you look at it again, and it, I'm going to have to, well, eventually I'll compare it to the Cup Series. 
Chase Briscoe had to kind of be the odds-on favorite, but Austin Sendrick has been there all year. We've seen that, yes. and again, another great champion crowned um, and definitely earned it. Again, he was up there mixing it up through that entire race. You know, uh, No matter how the strategy played out, uh, that's been the case all year. And I like the fact that I think in a case like this, moving the championship race uh, you know, comes into play. Uh, we've seen that in the past. Had we been at Homestead, Miami, I think the odds would have been even more so in favor of Chase Briscoe. But you've got to be able to compete on all the tracks. And I know ultimately, like I said, I would like to see that championship race change every year, but at least every couple of years so that you don't get one driver that matches up with that track that's going to dominate it, uh, that it's an odds-on favorite every year because of that. So hopefully NASCAR is looking at that. I think Phoenix as a whole come out played real well for the championship this year. Uh, so I'm not against it staying there for a couple of years. But I do think uh, as you look at it, maybe that does need to change up every few years. So we get that variety and you don't get a, a matchup of a driver and a track that just can't be beat. I think that's a that's a really good point. Now, Austin Sindrick did finish first. Justin Algar finished in the fifth place uh, position at Phoenix. Justin Haley uh, finished in eighth place and Chase Briscoe was your ninth place finisher. So all four of those drivers finished in the top uh, ten. They were all competing uh toward the uh, front of the field all race along and uh some of the drivers uh the non non uh playoff drivers uh that had strong runs Noah Gregson finishing second Brandon Jones in third Michael Lynette finished in fourth place uh Ross Chastain was in the playoffs uh, but uh I think he was out after the round of 8 um he finished seventh, and Jeremy Clements. How about that? A tenth place finish for Jeremy Clements. Well, now and, and having watched this one, I had to watch it back on replay as I was at a dirt track over the weekend. Uh, did get to go back and watch the Xfinity Series one as well. That one I saw a little bit more of the non-championship four up front, and I don't want to say uh, not showing the respect, but there was a little, at least a little bit of an incident between. Noah Gregson and Justin Haley yeah. early on, and yeah. I heard the crew chief chatter, the spotter chatter about that, keeping in mind what each driver had in, uh, on the line. And I'm not faulting either one. I understand Haley's frustration. I also understand Gregson. Again, he's one you mentioned, just like Ross Chastain. And Ross Chastain battled for the lead and up front in the top position at one point. They are still there to win that race. So... You know, they're not just going to pull over and give it to the championship four drivers and let them pass them anytime they come by them. But you also don't want to be the cause of taking one out. And I know, like I said, Gregson and Haley had a little bit of a rub uh, situation or whatever, but I thought it was handled. And and like I said, I'm not going to point the fingers to either side of that one. To me, it was kind of a racing incident. Um, But each one having their own feelings as far as their position. Uh, And Gregson being, Mm -hmm. again, a championship or uh, I'm sorry, a playoff contender just got booted out earlier than uh, wanted, obviously. So, you know, he feels like he's still proving, and if he can come out and win that final race of the year, make that point of, hey, had I gotten to the championship for this is where it would be. So uh, I didn't think any of it was auto line, but we saw a little bit more in the Xfinity series than they did in the other series, I think. 
Yeah, I would agree with you. And and here's the thing, too. Uh, we've been talking about the crew chiefs throughout the night and how important they are. This is another good example where the crew chiefs play a super important role in keeping their driver focused and calm after incidents like that so that they can uh, not kind of go off the rails. Uh, the, the crew chief's job is to get that guy, and the spotter does a lot of this, too, keep them focused on where they're going and, and why they're there uh, so that they don't get sidetracked with uh, a, a, an incident like that that can happen on the track. Well, and I find that I found that kind of funny. I, we had a couple of situations earlier in the year where I think I think it was the driver actually calming the spotter down. I think the spotter is the one that was the most amped up about it, and it was the driver that said, "Hey, we're going to let this go, you know, or whatever for now at least." Uh, that it was the spotter that was the most amped up in that particular That's situation. Funny. You don't remember who it was. I no, I, it was. I believe it was Justin Haley's spotter. Um, mm. And going back throughout the year, I remember there was one where it was Austin Dillon and his spotter, because it was the spotter that was saying, hey, go up there and take care of this and do this and that. And the driver was like, no, not doing it. <laughs> yeah, kudos to the driver in those cases. But typically, uh, it's it's the crew chief and the, and the spotter that might be, you know, working hard to keep the driver focused so that they don't go off the rails, so to say. Um, again, we had uh, some rookie, uh, some really good rookie action. I think the two drivers that really stood out for me on the rookie standpoint were Harrison Burton. He started out the year really good. He ended out the year really well. Uh, but also Riley Earps, although he didn't really did, – I don't think Riley won this year yet, did he? No, Riley did. I don't think uh, – I, I don't think, think he, he had win. any wins. But I think he had some really good uh, runs this season. He finished. He did. He did have uh, some good good runs and was involved in the playoffs. So you do got to give him the the props for that. Yes, definitely. Harrison Burton, I think, uh, gets the Rookie of the Year uh, awards uh, here in this series, even though he wasn't part of the uh, championship. For Riley Earps, actually finished twelfth in the series point standings, and we're correct. He did not have any wins, uh, race wins this year. But uh, I thought he had a good, solid season for a rookie, and uh, it shows with his his uh, final end-of-year result. And and he is one that I would say w- falls into the typical rookie category. Uh, you saw him still have a little bit of maturity to do a little bit of uh, overdriving the car at certain times and, and then getting involved in situations that as he grows and matures and gets a little more seat time, that will evolve. Uh, Harrison Burton, mm-hmm. one of those we have watched through the K&N series. I know uh, I've gotten to watch mm-hmm. personally there as I covered the K&N or, or what was the K&N, now the Arkham and RG, um around here. Knowing that and seeing him come in with that, that wasn't that big a surprise, especially in Joe Gibbs' equipment. Uh, and to be able to bounce back, he, like you said, he was hot to begin the year, kind of had a, a slump. I don't even know if you call it a slump, but falling back as far as top ten, you know, at the tail end of the top ten. So, But to come back to finish mm-hmm. the year so strong, again, make that statement, hey, I didn't make it this year, but you better believe I'm going to be back. I'm going to be back. And speaking of that, 
Uh, like I said, Sal and I kind of talked about this earlier. We know Austin Sendrick's moving, uh, not moving up into the Cup Series next year. Uh, he'll run a few select races, but he's going to be back in the Xfinity Series. Justin Algauer's going to be back. Justin Haley's going to be back. Uh, you've got Chase Briscoe moving up into the Cup Series to drive the number 14 for Stuart Hawes Racing. Noah Gregson's going to be back. Brandon Jones going to be back. Ross Chain's moving up into the 42 for next year in Cup. Uh, Harrison's going to be back. Um, and, and you know, these drivers like Michael Annette, Ryan Sieg, Brandon Brown, who had a really great year this year, and Riley Earps. Uh, I think we're going to see a lot of really good stuff and and i'm hoping anthony alfredo gets a full-time ride next year uh i'd love to see him run a full season uh in this xfinity series because we saw him run up front a lot this season and uh, i'd love to see him in a full-time ride and that, and that is one of the things you definitely love about the xfinity series the names are made there out of the uh, playoff drivers, or did we have two there that will be moving on the, uh, or moving up to the Cup Series in Chase Briscoe and Ross Chastain? And you have those others that are returning, that, some of them in the championship four, a couple that were really that that close. So you know they should be back contending as well. But you also mentioned then a couple that the opportunity they had this year and what the, the future holds, Ryan Sieg and uh, Brandon Jones. You had Josh Williams, uh, who just missed it. So, again, as these teams build and they get that experience and that window or opportunity is going to be a little bit more so there with at least a couple of these top teams moving on um, for them to shine even more. So I do, I do look forward to that. I think it's going to be just as competitive next season as we saw this season and even last season in this Xfinity series. And, uh, you know, I think there's also the possibility we may see uh, one or maybe a couple, uh, you know, current cup drivers uh, that will drop into the Xfinity Series season and uh, do like Justin Algauer did. And I think it's going to be a good move for those drivers if they so choose to do that. Well, and and that was one I kind of had listed as a hot topic of, of further on later now, and I'll just throw the names out there right now. You mentioned several that we've seen. We've seen it in the past. You go back to Elliot Sadler is one. Um, but you have Austin, or uh, not Austin, Ty Dillon, we don't know yet if he's going to have a cup ride. We've talked about that. Yeah. Uh, Corey LaJoy. Corey LaJoy, another one. And, yeah, if they found the right fit in the Xfinity Series, and then also possibly, I know this has been on my mind. Brett Moffitt doesn't have a, hasn't announced yet his intentions for next year. College Racing has two mm-hmm. teams, but only one driver. I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me too. Um, so I think it just strengthens that series. Um, there was a time where we were, where we just didn't. Uh, 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 there was a time that we just didn't uh, have the same kind of racing in the Xfinity series that we had in the other two series. And I personally uh, didn't feel uh, that uh, either one of those, uh, that that series was as good as the other two series. But in the last few years, I've really noticed a change. And uh, I really... I really uh, appreciate 
you know, some of the changes that have happened in that series to make it as more exciting and to make it as fun to watch as it has been these last couple of years. Well, and I, and I don't want to get too far off on a separate uh, hot topic, but I know it's always been the case of cup drivers are, you know, coming into these, these other series um, once they've reached the cup level. NASCAR did take a look at that, cut it down and limits it. And I think they found a pretty good spot with that. I know Kyle Busch is one that, you know, says he still struggles. And if he can only commit to so many races, the sponsorship he brings, which I understand. The big thing I think I look at is the 10 uh, or eight, how many races they run as far as the playoffs, that under those races, as well as the three, they both have a dash for cash. And then the uh, truck series has the triple truck challenge where they don't allow cup drivers Mm -hmm. in. That gives that opportunity. But I think the big key thing is during the playoffs, you no longer allowed as far as a cup driver based on your experience to come down into those races. I think that made a huge, huge difference. Yes, I think uh, I think they've hit the sweet spot with that. And uh, it's given these Xfinity Series drivers a chance to really showcase their skills. Uh, yet we still get a chance to see them race against some of the best drivers in, in racing uh, when you think about Kyle Busch coming into some of these races and racing against these guys. Uh, the drivers, uh, the regular series drivers, really enjoy it when that happens because it gives them that chance to kind of uh, use Kyle Busch as a marker of where they are and where they need to be. And uh, I, I think I think there's still some validity to those drivers doing that uh, as far as the development of the drivers that are in those series. So, uh, you know, I'm glad that they're not eliminated completely because I, I do think there's some uh, huge value uh, for the drivers to have uh, Cup Series drivers uh, come into these series and, and give them that gauge for their development. Yeah, you're right. They had to find that that sweet spot, and I think we're real close. Uh, you know, maybe a little tweak here or there, if if at all. But I think they have have found a great spot with where they're at now. Like you said, the drivers want it because they want to compare themselves to the best of the best and have that challenge. Uh, but you also don't take away from it determining their championship by having a cup a cup driver or another driver in there. And it still mm-hmm. gives them that opportunity. Like I said, I know Kyle Busch said it's it's to the point where he may not be ideal, but if they're going to put together a team, say Kyle Busch does for Kyle Busch Motorsports in the truck series, and he can say, hey, I'll drive the truck for these races, and he generally wins when he does. You, you can't argue with the fact mm-hmm. that that's what helps bring in the sponsorship, which allows him to put other drivers yes. in his other trucks and other stuff. So, you have to find that. I know a lot of fans, when they start screaming about that, they don't, they don't take the time to really look at it from that other side. And I think NASCAR said, hey, we're going to look at it from both sides. We want to keep the drivers and the, and the business side of it good. We want to keep the fans happy, which is good, and found that balance. Yes, and I think it's a good balance. Um, but all four of these guys uh, in the championship four in this Xfinity series, uh, all four very, very deserving uh, when you think about Chase Briscoe's nine wins this season, uh, Justin Haley being so strong on the super speedways, 
um, Justin Algauer in the in you know he wasn't uh, he kind of came on stronger toward the end of the season, uh, which was played right into his hands as far as going into the uh, uh, playoffs. And then Austin Sindrick, I think the consistency has been there all year long for him, and what a breakthrough for him to not only get his wins on the road courses, which we know he's he's just excels at but to get some wins on the ovals and more than just a couple uh he won on ovals most certainly and and we talked about that of of the driver development and and that's one I know he's got the plan in place he's going to move up into the cup series in 2022 for the Wood Brothers that is one where i think this another year in the Xfinity series is going to help him we saw him break through. Several drivers have had that label of, oh, they can only run on road courses. Justin Haley is another one that his went yeah. to the super speedway side, that this another year here with a championship contending team of college racing, being able to fully develop a car across all the whole spectrum of the tracks that NASCAR, the top levels run at. So that is one, and I know you're in agreement with this, of these guys staying in these series an extra year or two than what we've seen some of them, one and done and moving on, that mm-hmm. really will help them and be a much better, solid, well-rounded driver as they move up. Yes, indeed. I, I firmly believe that. Okay, let's go ahead before we run out of time here to talk about uh, the Cup Series. Uh, again, we had uh, the four champions, Chase Elliott, Brad Keselowski, Joy Logano, and Denny Hamlin. Uh, your thoughts there? Well, and I try not to be a negative person, but I got to say, at least the driver I didn't want to win for said reasons already didn't. So I'll start there. Mm-hmm. This is one of those that, yeah, the way circumstances played out, I wasn't happy with the, with that. But um, Chase Elliott, obviously. Maybe. uh Maybe you want to say something a little bit more to that in case there's any new listeners that have no idea what you're talking about. Well, again, I was trying not to be real negative, but, yeah, I wasn't happy with Denny Hamlin and the way he got in in the situation with team orders. Now, I know there was some talk throughout uh, the Xfinity series there, too, of who was going to pit and who wasn't. Um, mm-hmm. We saw that. Uh, we've seen that in Formula One, that how that is, and, and I just I don't like that. And we don't see a lot of that in the Cup Series. There have been isolated incidences, and I know NASCAR reviewed all of these, came to their conclusion, whether I agree with that or not. Uh, So that just kind of put that taste in my mouth. I was happy to see somebody in the case of Chase Elliott be the champion, um, and it's nothing against the the driver of Denny Hamlin. He had a phenomenal year. And aside from that, Mm -hmm. I really would have liked to have seen him win uh, the fact that he has come so close, and I know it, it really took its toll on him. He, he's matured as a driver, as a person. The things mm-hmm. he's doing as far as becoming involved as a team owner, there again, there's some discussion whether or not he got certain calls benefited towards him, being that he is coming in as a new team owner. There again, I, I hope that's not the case. We don't know that for any kind of fact, but more than one situation kind of puts that doubt in your mind so I would like to see him come out and not that it was dirty, but have a cleaner season as far as getting to the championship for and, and a cleaner win um, than Absolutely. what it would have been had he won this year. 
And I think we saw that last year. If you remember, uh, Kevin Harvick had a, a really good season. Uh, there were some incidents where there were, it was he got called on some penalties, uh, and there were some questions about whether or not he was racing legally. Uh, and he came back, and I thought his season this year was pretty remarkable. Uh, you know, with all of the wins and everything that he had, it's a shame he couldn't win the championship. But uh, he, he it, and we've talked about this all year long, how hard it is to keep that kind of momentum up for an entire season. And, and uh, he certainly demonstrated that as well, uh, that it's not easy uh, to keep that kind of momentum up. But my point is, uh, you know, if Denny Hamlin can come back from all of that and, and do what uh, Kevin Harvick did, uh, I think that would be fantastic, and and everybody benefits from that. So uh, even though it might not have been the year that they wanted this year, uh, there's a lot that can happen uh, that can make that a great learning opportunity and a chance to move forward uh, to more success next year. Well, and the other perspective to that, uh, as far as you mentioned that, the one thing as a fan I did like about it, it's unfortunate it was Kevin Harvick. You mentioned he had a phenomenal season, another one with nine wins on the season, trying to hit that 10-win mark. But mm-hmm. as a fan, that was one of the things that I was a little concerned with as far as they build up the playoff points throughout the year, which I think is a good move. But it almost seemed like in the, in the past couple of years, there were a couple of drivers that had enough that they could just ride and coast their way all into all the way into the championship four. And we saw that that isn't the case because Kevin Harvick could yeah. not coast. You know, he so melted I, a forty-two point advantage. Exactly. I like the situation showed that you can't just write anybody in. I, I feel bad for Kevin Harvick. I understand the position, but it's no different if you have it where. And I go back to, to football of the New England Patriots. They're eighteen and zero going in to play the Giants. You still got to play that game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not it's not you're guaranteed to write your name on the trophy. So I like the fact that it's been proven that that can't be the case, which means drivers are going to know that and make sure it doesn't happen to them. Unfortunate for Kevin Harvick, because as you mentioned, I mean, I thought he had a phenomenal year, uh, definitely a championship worthy year, but so did several other drivers and. They were the ones of the four that made it in. Mhm. Yeah, yeah. It, it it really has been an amazing season. Uh, I know Brad Keselowski was one of the favorites going in. Uh, what was interesting is that earlier this year, uh, Joy Logano won the Phoenix race, uh, and Brad Keselowski came in second. In fact, I think there might have been some bad feelings kind of after that race uh, between the two drivers, but. Uh, and I thought maybe this was going to be Brad Keselowski's uh, redemption, if you will, uh, a chance to kind of take, get in there and finish first. He ended up second again, and Joy Logano finished third. Uh, both of those guys were, were big favorites going into this. Well, and that's one where I'll address again the, the moving the championship race from Miami Homestead to Phoenix. As a Penske hole, that played into their favor. Although Joey Logano won there at Homestead, Miami back in 2018, Brad Keselowski said it himself that that wasn't particularly his track. He had a much better opportunity, or he felt like it, going in at Phoenix, and we saw that with the past results from, what did we look back at, 
the reconfiguration which happened in 2018. Uh, Joey Logano, I was I believe was the one that had won twice. Brad obviously has won, run well there, so this kind of did play into their favor. Both of them had some momentum going into that championship for. Uh, and you can't ask for anything more. I mean, you, you really can't. No. Yeah, I, t- I 100% agree with you. The season really played out, I thought, very well. Uh, you mentioned a couple of incidents there with uh, Denny Hamlin. Uh, Chase Elliott, by the way, uh, did fail pre-race inspection twice, uh, which meant that he had to start from the back of the field. And, uh, you know, on the third try they did pass the inspection, so we know he had a legal car. Uh, but he was able to race through that field and uh, get right up there to the front to uh, contend for that victory and, and ultimately the championship. Uh, but Chase Elliott had a really, I think, uh, solid year. He had, I don't think his bumps in the road, if you will, were quite as much as some of the other drivers had. Um, I think Chase Elliott pretty much uh, was fairly consistent. That win that he got to put himself into the championship for, uh, shows just how methodical and, and clear-headed he can be as a driver uh, to be under that kind of pressure and be able to come up with the win that he got at Martinsville that catapulted him from below the cut line right up to the front. And that's one of those I do like the storyline of, you know, that he had to race all the way from the back. Uh, we saw that throughout the year, like you mentioned, uh, his bumps in the road, Again, I've compared back to Harrison Burton. Yeah, he was in a slump, which means he was finishing 10th, okay? You know, how many teams out there would be more than happy to take the 10th place finish? But to be the championship contending and winning team, you got to be top five. got to be winning races. We've seen that. And he did, even on those uh, couple of races, we saw him. He was battling for the lead, at least, you know, when he had that, the situation. I think back to Bristol with Joey Logano. Um, years past the the situations at Martinsville. So the Martinsville win wasn't really a surprise other than closing it out and being able to uh, finish where he was running or, or, you know, throughout the race. So, but to see him come back through it, that's one of those we like to see as a championship team. You get a little bit of diversity, you overcome it, you, you step up to that challenge just as he did. And I think, you know, and Chase Elliott said that himself for the team and, and him as a, as a driver, being put in a must-win situation, and they did it. That confidence and just that reassurance to know that they can really gives you something. I think that prepared them for Phoenix uh, in the situation they were put in there. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, and uh, you know, that's what this, that whole regular season is for. It's a chance for you to get a feel for where your car is. Uh, again, these guys had no practice. Uh, no qualifying uh, for the majority of the season. And uh, they had to take their car as it was right off of the truck and and quickly uh, kind of develop that car or manage that car to a point that they could contend at the end of the race. So uh, I think there were, uh, from a lot of different perspectives, you brought up uh, that situation, uh, but there's a lot of different perspectives where I think these drivers kind of rose to the occasion and uh, did what they had to do to put on a good show uh, every week. I think we, in spite of the fact that there was the COVID uh, pandemic, when these guys came back to race, they came, came, they came back to race. 
and and the thing that I found most compelling is that they weren't tearing up a lot of race cars. Uh, we saw a couple of little incidents uh, there, but when you think about what we've seen in the Cup Series in years past, uh, the, those kind of incidents were few and far between. They were taking care of their cars uh, during this COVID uh, return, and uh, uh, it wasn't until the playoffs that we actually saw a few incidents. Well, and, and that's something that there's a reason they're at the top level. You know, that's how that you get to the top level. We've seen a couple of drivers get there and had to be learn that either in their first year or two of Cup, or had learned it in the other series in order to even get moved up. And we got a couple that are in the Xfinity right now. We've talked about needing that to to learn that um, maturity of yeah, you want to run it on the edge, but not always over and causing problems for yourself or other drivers because they're not going to put up with it. So the one thing I do look at as far as Chase Elliott, we saw him win the Xfinity Series championship, come into the cup with some high expectations as a rookie making the playoffs, but not getting uh, wins uh, until, what, his third year, I believe, had, mm-hmm. I think, I don't remember if it was a record-setting number of second-place finishes, but he was getting close to it if he didn't, uh, didn't break it. But to I see that development... Yeah. Right. And and he was hard on himself, you know, so mm-hmm. to see him develop as a, as a person in that that aspect, the mentality aspect of it, as well as then the driver. OK, then he, got, he started getting wins throughout the year, still making the playoffs, but couldn't get into the championship four. And that's why I said this situation here with Martinsville, he was in a must win situation. We, we noted several times throughout the years this year and last year of restarts and things like that, that he made sure he was on point to get into the championship for. And then they additionally have that setback of starting from the rear to be able to, hey, I can do this. The team is good. We know what we can do. We're capable of and go out and do it. So uh, I think we've really seen the, the stages of progression with, with Chase Elliott. I think in in a lot of respects for NASCAR, this was a huge, huge win for NASCAR as a sport because Chase Elliott represents the future of uh, NASCAR. Uh, uh, some of these guys that were in this championship for, uh, you know, are may, they might not be at retirement, uh, but they're probably getting close to retirement. And, uh uh, you know, I thought it was especially poignant when we saw Jimmy Johnson, Johnson pull up alongside Chase Elliott and uh, give him the congratulations for the championship. You had one of the most successful drivers uh, in the sport, uh, seven-time championship uh, driver, uh, congratulating a first-time championship driver. And to me, it, it felt like a passing of the torch, if you will, uh, and not just then, but again when Jimmy Johnson came up and, and gave him a big hug and congratulated him face-to-face, uh, you know, at, in victory lane. So what were your thoughts about that? I heard uh, as I came on and, and was waiting there when you and Sal were talking about that, and I don't know if it's the one you guys said were were not being able to place in your memory, but I think the uh, parallel lap you were talking about might've been the Labonte brothers, uh, Bobby Labonte winning the final race of the year and Terry winning the championship that year. They won, uh, took a lap together. 
Uh, like I said, I don't okay, know if that's, that's the one you guys were thinking about. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I wasn't, you hadn't queued me up yet. I was going to try and chime in, but you hadn't queued me up yet. I was still on mute, but I, I didn't I did mean to I'm mention sorry. that, that I think that's the one you're talking about. Um, okay. But we we have seen that. You're right. Uh, you know, when it when it comes to that, of, of like you mentioned, that passing of the, uh, the torch, uh, and, and I know you mentioned it too, of Richard Petty's last race and Jeff Gordon's first. You know, we go through mm-hmm. that, and you mentioned we may see several others of the elder driver statesmen of the series uh, retiring within the next few years. We've seen a couple already here one by one or here and there, but we might hit a flux of maybe three or four in the same year. Um, but to know we're in good hands with drivers like Chase Elliott and, and the ones we've talked about in the, in the rookies in the other series, as well as this one, Christopher Bell, Tyler Reddick, and uh, Cole Custer uh, this year at the cup level. Um, so, uh, yes, the future future looks good, and we know we got other drivers that, that are coming in and the opportunities. And my hope with all of that, when I mentioned it with the truck series as well as the Xfinity of being able to move up but there only being so much level or so much room at the cup level when we hit 2022 and NASCAR's hope that more teams do come in and are able to come in and be competitive. We know Denny Hamlin is going to do it already next year with Michael Jordan and the 2311 team mm-hmm. that we see more of that. I know we got a couple coming in right now, college racing talking about them being the ones to do it in 2022. So that does give me some really good hope and belief in the future. And I'm excited about it. You know, I'd like to get back to the days of having 45 to 50. You know, I, I know I've, I'm obviously not one of the team members or teams. To see that where each week there is somebody that's going home means there is some really tough competition. And that's what I like. I understand that, you know, it's tough on them um, and not a position I would want to be in. So I understand their frustration with it. But that's what really shows you, hey, we got a competitive you got to fight your way just to get into the field week to week. Mm-hmm. That is so true. Uh, the other thing that Sal wanted to make sure that he, he pointed out is Cole Custer. Uh, oh, my gosh, we're at the end again. Uh, let me make this announcement real quick. Uh, we are coming up to the 1030 time frame, and we will go off the air at exactly 1030 p.m. Eastern time. And uh, when that happens, just know that we will continue recording the rest of our conversation. For those people who may be tuning in for the first time, uh, we don't want you wondering uh, why are they still talking when they go off the air. Uh, We usually use that as bonus overtime material on our podcast. What you can do, I'll go out on Facebook or Twitter and let people know that the podcast is available. At that point, you can fast forward to the two-hour mark to hear the rest of that conversation. So hopefully I got all that in before we went off air. I know it's getting close. Uh, oh, I'm within 40 seconds, so we're good. Um, but, yeah, I just uh, we just like to make that announcement in case there's anyone new listening for the first time so that they're not taken by surprise uh, when we go off the air. Okay, with that. Uh, what I started to say is Sal wanted to make sure that I mentioned uh, that uh, Cole Custer uh, did finish ahead of the other uh, rookies this season. Uh, so he was well-deserving of that 
uh, championship. Tyler Reddick was the highest in 19th place, and Christopher Bell came in 20th place. Yeah, that one throughout the year, I mean, it was kind of a kind of a shifting in in what we thought or expected. I know coming in, I think most of us uh, believed kind of Christopher Bell was going to be the one to watch. Then throughout the year, it was Tyler Reddick that was uh, performing uh, at a, at a higher level than the other two, and then it was Cole Custer who did get the win and earn his uh, right into the playoffs. And you know, again. There, I think, is is what we see of maybe the typical, what I call the typical rookie. It took him that time to develop and get to that point. You know, maybe he didn't start out on top, but he worked his way up there in the second half of the season. So, um, can't fault him for that. And, you know, it takes that time, and each situation is different. But we saw that, that change over from the beginning of the year to the, the last half of the, the year uh, with where he was at. And I, and I think it does bode well that these guys really did uh, improve their seasons through or their seasons, improved their racing throughout the season. Uh, these guys were coming in. It's a very tough transition to make from the Xfinity Series to the Cup Series. The Cup cars are so much heavier uh, than the Xfinity Series cars. They still have uh, the steel bodies where the Xfinity cars have the uh, – uh, molded bodies, carbon fiber uh, molded bodies, uh, and make them much lighter cars to drive. So it, it's not an easy transition for these guys uh, to come into this series. And I think the motor uh, is a, quite a bit different uh, in the Cup Series over the Xfinity Series as well. And, and these guys, I think, all rose to the occasion and, and did a good job with it. Uh, and especially in a very challenging year where they had no practice and no qualifying sessions to really acclimate themselves to the tracks. Some of these tracks they'd been to before, but not not in the Cup Series, which makes a huge difference. It does, and then you talk about the longer races, the endurance of them, which I know we talked about that, of whether or not NASCAR should shorten races. There's some that may be so, but I don't want to see it across the board and again, that just popped into my head because I had that conversation with somebody over the weekend. Um, <laughs> I don't want to see it go to a full up on that or the time limit, you know, compared to the, the IMSA racing that has a time limit um, racing. Uh, I, that is a little more. I know they time it based on average race. So it's something I know has worked in other sports. But there again, NASCAR is NASCAR for a reason because it is different. Just like the cup level isn't different from the Xfinity or the trucks for a reason. So I, I don't mm-hmm. want to see them go too far that direction. If they go a little bit that way, we've seen it in the years past. A couple of the races chop 100 miles off. And if for certain races, I think it was a good thing. But I don't want to see them do it across the board to try and fit in a mold um, that then – you lose another base of fans and lose that top level for a reason aspect to it. Yes. As you know, I'm 100% in agreement uh, with you on that. I think that uh, the NASCAR cup series should be the premier series uh, and should be different uh, from the other series. Uh, And that's one of the big differences is that they run longer races uh, it's not just about uh, winning the race. It's about uh, having the stamina and the endurance and the teamwork 
that it takes with working with the crew chief and and the pit crew uh, to get them, uh, you know, to that level. And that's all part of the development when you go up into the Cup Series. So, uh, yeah, I I 100% agree uh, with you on that um, with regard to uh, uh, shortening the races. Uh, There are some races that are, are crown jewels. Uh, the Coca-Cola 600, longest race of the year. I, I would not want to see that race changed. Uh, the Darlington uh, Southern 500, another one of the crown jewels. And uh, I'm wondering what's going to happen next year. Well, we already know what's going to happen next year with Indianapolis. Uh, these guys are going to run on the road course at Indianapolis. So we saw the Xfinity Series do that and and. The Cup Series will probably have just as much success, and and that can bring that crown jewel feel, I guess, uh, to the uh, uh, Indianapolis uh, track as well. So, yeah, there are some tracks I'm just not in favor of doing that. And uh, this year I could understand it with the COVID and with the fact that they had to double up uh, where they were running two races over a weekend. Uh, you you don't want them running two 500 lap races over a weekend so uh it just you know uh it's it's part of the being a, the premier series and if you take that away uh then it it takes away from them being the elite drivers in nascar okay are there well, any and topics I, I think oh go ahead okay did with part of that of uh, they shortened the races, but it was also still with the same car. That was their intent. Anyway, you had to have special approval yes. um, from NASCAR to switch to a, to a different car uh, for whatever reason. And the way they did, I would, I really liked the one day to the next of the invert of the top 20, um, mm-hmm. you know, your fast, fast car or your winner from the Friday or Saturday race, whichever it be into that second race swapping that top 20 um we saw maybe saw a little bit of what you can make call sandbagging at the end of, of the first race depending i can't prove anything but it, it appeared to be that there might be some gamesmanship being played there um but again there were the two races i think back to pocono it was kevin harvick and denny hamlin on day two it was denny hamlin and kevin harvick so the cream's gonna rise to the top Mhm. that that is so true uh, what I was going to ask, I think we covered the championship four pretty well uh, for all three of these series. Um, are there any other hot topics that you want to make sure that we touch on tonight? Because the clock is well, ticking I, down on us. I don't know that. Uh, I know Mike put out there, uh, and I didn't. I didn't. I just caught a glimpse of the tweet actually. But Jimmy Johnson and Chase Elliott going to run in the Rolex Twenty Four. Uh, I didn't. I didn't mm-hmm. have a chance to to fully read into it because the one I read said said something about maybe Hendrick let that slip. They weren't ready to announce that, but it is out there now. Uh, I always like to see that, see the crossover, and and see the exposure it gets. I'm not a big IMSA follower, but I certainly do the 24 hours of Daytona, especially when there are some NASCAR drivers involved. Yeah, uh, I I love that Daytona. Uh, opening in the season and all the different racing that's going on because you get the K&M Pro Series East, or ARCA East uh, Series gearing up. You've got the ARCA Menard Series gearing up. Uh, you've got uh, NASCAR's top three. You've got 
the IMSA uh, starting up their season uh, with the Rolex 24 is just such an exciting uh, start to the season to have all of these all of these venues uh, that are racing and and uh, it just makes it so exciting and and we are starting to see crossover you know IMSA is part of NASCAR uh, and. Uh, uh, it, it, it is good uh, that you're seeing some crossover with the drivers uh, going into the IMSA, especially the Rolex 24. Uh, we're going to watch Jimmy Johnson now go over to IndyCar, and I think that's going to be super exciting. Uh, that's going to bring me over to, to see what he does over in IndyCar. I'm going to want to tune into those races. It does there again. I mean, it is racing. I, I've just never been a particular uh, Indy fan. Again, I'd watch the Indy 500 just because uh, it's the mm-hmm. Indy 500. But you're right. I, I certainly watch a lot closer on years where we've seen drivers do the double when they do the Indy 500 and the Coca-Cola 600 and, and that from that aspect. And I think it's good for motorsports as a whole. I, I really do. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm one that I enjoy racing. Uh, it's obviously not my top interest as far as IndyCar or Formula One or the IMSA WeatherTech series, but I do still watch them when I have the opportunity and, and follow along to at least be semi-knowledgeable on, but will take a bigger mm-hmm. interest, like you said, with Jimmy Johnson being over there, being that he is a seven-time NASCAR champion, just to see what happens and, and hope for his success with it. And I think the same thing, same thing is true uh, knowing that our cup champion and our seven-time champion is going to be uh, in that IMSA race at the Rolex 24, fans are going to tune in uh, to check that out, and it's 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 exciting. It really is. Uh, okay, anything else the on only- your list? I see Ryan Priest is uh, expected to return to JTG Doherty, uh, according to Adam Stern and the Sports Business Journal. That was, that was one we hadn't uh, didn't have a whole lot of official or even heavy chatter from. I know that it was uh, we were aware that he hadn't re-signed yet, but I hadn't heard that he was going somewhere else or that they were looking to sign somebody else. I know he had a little bit of a rough season. Uh, again, maybe a, one of the ones we got to see that development and that change um, or adaptation to the Cup Series. Uh, going back to Chase mm-hmm. Elliott, it took him three years with Hendrick Motorsports to win a race, so you can't expect somebody with JTG Dartery to come in and win in their second, I believe this is his second year going into his third, so uh, mm-hmm. don't take that against him as a driver, so I'm glad to see that he's getting the opportunity to return with the team and continue to build on his his career. Absolutely, and uh, it's good that they're making the announcement. Um, I wish all of these announcements could be done by the time we end the season so we know exactly what we're looking at going into the next season, but unfortunately we still have a couple of drivers uh, that have not been announced, Jay. Yeah, and I mentioned that earlier, and it will be interesting. I know we don't have uh, hot topics here uh, throughout the next, uh, what, two months, um, and that first one we do do in February, it could be a whole separate two to three hour show because there's so much <laughs> during that off season. You know, we still got a little bit of information to come out on certain teams. 
I think it's the uh, track house, Justin Marks team. Mm-hmm. No, they did announce it because that's where Daniel Suarez is going. So obviously all of a sudden I was thinking they didn't have a driver name, but um, we'll have to see where, uh, where Corey LaJoy and Ty Dillon, I think are the top two that we're kind of watching and waiting to see where go, uh, whether it be to Xfinity teams or they do find a cup ride. And there's always a little bit of shuffling. I know, and I can't think of which team, I believe it was Spire Motorsports that said, hey, we're going to let all the, the chips fall, the big chips fall where they may, and then we'll make our de- decision and direction, which as a team where their position, you know, I don't know that they have a whole lot of option. Again, they're not going to be able to go out and sign right. a, a top driver at this point. What I like and, and have hope for the future, they're expanding to a two-car team. They're building. We've seen it with JTG Dartery from when they were a one-car team to a two-car team, got some sponsors, got some bigger name drivers. So I like that, and I hope to see that, and especially, again, going back to or to 2022, that we see more of that. Yes, yes. Uh, and uh, the, one, the one thing that I will say is it has been so great uh, to see that as we see some teams that are kind of closing their doors, uh, we're always sad to see that happen, uh, but to see other teams uh, opening doors and taking their that place um, and filling that void is really good to see this year. And uh, that means that some of the employees that might have been let go where those cl- shops closed, uh, there, there's an, an option for them to go uh, to a, other new teams. So. Uh, I think that's encouraging for the sport as well. And Steve Phelps gave a um, uh, an interview in the media center this week, and uh, he feels that our sport is as healthy as it's ever been. And in spite of the fact of the, all the challenges uh, that they had to deal with this year, uh, they did it, and they did it well. Oh, most certainly. I, overall, for the season, I think NASCAR did a phenomenal job, and we're the front leading sport. Excuse me, uh, sport to to move forward and set the standard. You know, when you look at, and I know the team aspect of it is a little different different than a, a full team sport like baseball or football, but we haven't seen as many. I know we've had a couple more here in, in the the past couple of weeks as far as crews that um, were sidelined due to the COVID. But I do think that NASCAR really set the standard for that and did a phenomenal job. And then on top of that, just working to get in a full season um, and work with all the different states that they had to. Again, we saw some unfortunate races that didn't get a race that they would have otherwise this year, and it may have affected their future. But they did, they did what they could, and I think, I think they did a phenomenal job with it. Yeah, I, I, again, 100% agree with you. Uh, I'm real proud of the sport for that. Uh, I think that uh, there's been new leadership put in place in NASCAR, and I think that new leadership is doing just an amazing job uh, with the sport. Uh, We've opened up the iRacing Avenue. Uh, Again, I I think they were moving in that direction, but what, uh, it, it was just so timely for them and a natural transition for them to make with the COVID pandemic uh, to move into iRacing. And I think the drivers had a good time with it as well. Uh, and they just have uh, responded and adapted, 
I think very quickly, uh, given the circumstances that that everybody was dealt with, uh, it just seems to be that NASCAR just did a fantastic job of doing it very seamlessly and calculated and methodically planned out uh, the remainder of the season in order to get in all of the races that they had planned to get in. And they did that in the Arkham Menard series as well as uh, the NASCAR's top three. So I think it's just remarkable uh, the job that they did. And I don't know that NASCAR always gets the kudos that they deserve, but they certainly deserve a standing ovation and huge kudos uh, for what they were able to do this season. Other, other than that, uh, to close out the year here, I don't know that we had any other hot topics. Uh, like I said, I mentioned the one I know Mike had put out there as far as the Hendrick uh, team going to the Rolex. Um, when we don't have any more updates, uh, you mentioned Priest expected to re-sign with JTG Dordery. So I don't know that I have any others other than that. Yeah, I I don't really see any others other than that either. Oh, Ed look look the Toyota guy. Was it the Toyota? Ed Locus? No. One of the OEMs uh executive is retiring this year. And I'm trying to remember if that was Chevrolet or if that's Toyota. Uh-huh. You, do you know Hang what I'm talking that. about? Okay, um, it was announced uh, this week too, uh, and they did some media availability with him. I'm trying to find the news here. Uh, yeah, here it is. Toyota's Ed. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. It's L A U K E S. Ed Locus to retire uh, at the end of this season. So uh, an interesting development there as well. Uh, Toyota Racing Development has been kind of uh, the premier racing development program. I think they were the first to really put together a racing development program that started, uh, you know, with the lower tier series in working with some of these drivers. And I think about, uh, you know, a good example is is now we're talking about Jesse Love, who just won a championship in uh, uh, the Toyota uh, from Bill McAnally Racing. Uh, that's how early they start working with some of these drivers to develop them to come up into NASCAR's top three. And he was he's always been a big part of that uh, and now retiring, um, uh, you know, from that organization. So it says here he's responsible for all the Toyota division marketing, market planning, advertising, merchandising, sales promotion, incentives, NASCAR, and motorsports, and all social and digital media. He serves on the board of directors for several organizations, including Toyota Racing Development, the Texas Rangers Youth Academy, Joe Gibbs Youth for Tomorrow, the Family Health Centers of Georgia, and the Kyle Busch Foundation. Uh, He joined Toyota in 1989 uh, and held positions in both Toyota and Lexus divisions, including management roles at multiple field locations. And prior to his current position, he was vice president of integrated marketing operations and vice president of engagement marketing and guest experience. So uh, they're saying that they'll announce a successor at a later date, uh, but uh, 31 years of service with Toyota, uh, and uh, it's a farewell 
to uh, Ed Locus, who played such a a huge role within Toyota. Uh, most certainly, and and I think you know when it comes to that, the Toyota development program, they're they're the ones that set that standard of having that development all mm-hmm. the way through down to the Arkham Menards East and West series, and even uh, other tracks or divisions, super late models, whatever it be. Um, mm-hmm. that, that that's something then that he should be proud of as well as working with Toyota as the OEM as far as definitely setting the standard of that. We, there's no doubt about that. Exactly right. So uh, it, it, we'll look forward to hearing who the replacement is, and uh, we'll sadly say uh, good luck and best wishes to Ed Lacus as he looks to uh, start this new stage of his uh, of his life. So. Uh, again, I, I thought it was uh, important that we also mention that. Okay, um, I think we're coming up to time to say goodbye if we don't have anything else, Jay. Well, yes, I know I don't have two of them out yet on social media, but recap or uh, fan for racing fantasy picks. Oh, yes, yes. The uh, I'll start with the Gander RV and Outdoor Truck Series. This one, I, I think I kind of got the, the most attention for us as it ended up going into the championship, a three-way battle. Uh, Sam and James Tide were tied at 98 with Andy at 106, or I'm sorry, at uh, 104. Going into the championship, James came out with the win at 108, Andy at 106, and Sam at 104. So congratulations to James Bickford for picking up that one mm-hmm. on the Xfinity side. And this is one that I, I don't know if it was because I was directly involved in it, but uh, throughout the year I have gone back and double-checked things. Originally I had it down as Andy at 143, myself at 140 going into the championship. Uh, tallying the points, it came out that I was ahead 146 to 145. Went back and recalculated somewhere I had missed three points uh, or had add, had three additional points, so I should only come in with 137. So Andy is your Xfinity Series series champion for the fantasy picks at 145. Oh, I ended at one at 143. Now on the Cup wow. side, that one uh, that one uh, kind of ended up. It could have been a little bit closer, but. It was kind of a locked-up deal going in. I ended at 185, Andy at 170. So wow. I do get to take that one home, which if I you like listen there and three series, different winners. Mm-hmm. We did, and that's why, that's why, like I said, I went through and double-checked double uh, all three of them at that point, but the Xfinity one is the, the one that caught my attention. So um, make sure I made that correction. And... Listening there, you heard Andy's name involved in all three. The overall for the year, he had 421 and is the overall champion. I was second at 391. James had a phenomenal late season run, come up to 378. <laughs> and then Owen, I think, 358. Sam, 337. Sharon, you had 317. And Mike ended at 315. Yeah, it was not my year this year. I've had a lot of things going on, uh, and it just was not my year. I don't think I made bad picks 
this season. I think it was just that the the, the competition was just amazingly um, tight this year. Well, and I know in the Xfinity series, I'll take that specifically. It was each week, whoever got to go first, uh, Chase Briscoe, Austin Sindrick. And it seemed like then whoever got to pick those first, that was when they had their off week. I know in the truck series. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know we've had him on several times or if he sees it with the social media, but Ben Rhodes, uh, probably not a fan of you picking him because every time you picked him, it seemed like he had a rough week <laughs> and then would come yeah. back and do good the next week when somebody else got him. <laughs> Yep, yep. I, it was just that kind of year for me. You know, I'd pick somebody, uh, and and the minute I didn't pick them is when they would win. So it's just amazing how it can happen that way sometimes. But that was that was my turn to have that kind of year. So next year, you know what that means. That's right. I'll be back. <laughs> and so will I. <laughs> and it's my turn. <laughs> yeah, you're right. you're right though this year especially with i know we added mike a little bit late um but having seven uh it made it so interesting and so much fun uh, i really enjoyed yes, it and it i know did. doing doing a doing all the math with it and again i had to make a couple of corrections uh but got it all straightened out so much fun with it and i know we get the chatter back and forth in the chat rooms and and how we watch the race and keeping track of that just adds that another level, and all it is is there you go. You get the congratulations. There's no money or no trophy, but you get the congratulations yeah. and bragging rights, if you will. And, and Jay, you've done such a great job. By What is this, the third year that we've done this? Uh, and every year you've done a really great job, and we really appreciate uh, all that you've done and the extra effort that you've put into to making that happen. Well, I will say this. I heard Sal mention it. Uh, you guys haven't been been together coming up on on ten years. You know, I I have to thank you for the opportunity to to be involved in the sport. The opportunities I've gotten to go to tracks and races and cover them uh, for fan for racing. And I know Mike and Andy aren't here tonight. Owen and Sam and James as well. The opportunity you've given us, and we so enjoy it, and we thank you. Oh well, thank you, Jay. I appreciate that. I, I, I just think we have such a fantastic group of people uh, that are, are. I feel really lucky uh, to have such a fantastic group of people that are associated with our fan for racing. Whether it's uh, the blogs and and the recaps and or you know being involved on the radio, uh, everybody contributes in some way. Uh, we didn't get James uh, on as a co-host as frequently as we have had him in the past. Uh, I hope to change that for next year. Uh, we'll have to see if we can, there isn't something we can work out with James to get him more involved here at Fan for Racing because we really enjoy having him be a part of our Fan for Racing crew. And, uh, uh, you know, Owen did a lot with the uh, – uh, you know, the power rankings and the winners and the losers. And at the end, he was doing the cash or pass pieces. And everybody's busy. Sometimes uh, we missed a few in there, but it's because we're all busy. Uh, you know, we all have some kind of job that we're doing or other activities that we're involved in uh, besides this. 
and uh, I just think everybody puts in a lot of effort. Sam's done a lot with the recaps this year for the uh, Cup Series. In fact, I have his recap. He got it in a little bit later uh, this time. Uh, Before the show, I was able to kind of get that all together, and I'll publish that right after we go off the air. Uh, So I have his recap. Uh, Jay, you've done some commentary kind of pieces or, you know, feature kind of pieces that uh, we've put out this year uh, on different drivers. And and, uh, I think, was it this year that you did the, uh, or was that last year, you did the, um, the driving school experience? Uh, that was last year, actually, because that was, uh, I think, November, Thanksgiving, just prior to Thanksgiving last year that I did that. Wow, you got another opportunity? Oh, man, man, sorry, no. I got excited there. Uh, <laughs> no, but, you um, know, that was definitely one like of those. That. I definitely have to thank you for that opportunity. I know that was one that you kind of opened up, being that I had gone to races with you. You opened up to several others first, and I said I, w- I waited and let see if they could do it. Um, nobody else was available to and I got to and yeah that was a experience of a lifetime without a doubt yes and and you know it goes I should mention this too it's not like uh any of us are doing this for the money because there is no money <laughs> so um we are all doing this because of the passion that we have for the sport and the joy that we have from following the sport so, uh, you know, even it makes me my kudos and, and my feelings of uh, uh, thankfulness uh, even more so because I, it's not like anybody's getting paid, myself included, for doing this. In fact, I'm putting money out uh, so that we can do this. Um, and uh, I, I really just appreciate each and every one of you guys. Uh, for all that you bring to the table. Mike's done some commentary pieces as well, and uh, he recently did the piece on Harvick that we put out. Um, and, and you know, I just appreciate what everybody brings to the table. And, and no, we don't always agree, but one of the things that I love about this group is that even though we don't agree, we all walk away patting each other on the back virtually and uh, just enjoying each other's company and the, and the conversation. And I really appreciate about appreciate that dynamic of uh, this fan for racing crew. Well, I, I will say that I know if, if people have listened throughout the year of, of Mike and I go at it, you might think that uh, we're, we're two that uh, when we go off the radio, we're stepping outside to have at it, but we're actually friends. You know, uh, he came <laughs> came to fan for racing kind of threw me there as a, as a retiring air force officer um, and got hooked up with us here at fan for racing. But no, you're right. We, we do. Uh, and just like even on nights when I have an opinion or somebody else does of the way things are, or aren't right. Th- that's because of the passion. Just like you said, we're doing this because we want to, we're giving extra and dedicated time because we love it. So you, you're right about that. And we are all friends. Uh, uh, when it when it settles down, disagreements aside, it's all about the passion mm-hmm. of the sport, and that's what makes it great. Exactly right. So thank you. And we would be remiss, Jay, if we did not also put out a huge, huge thank you to all of the listeners who have tuned in uh, throughout the season and over the last uh, nine years or eight years. 
that have tuned in and listened to our show and taken the time to hear what it is that we have to say. Uh, we could not be here without you, and we appreciate each and every person uh, that has taken the time to be a part of our Fan for Racing show uh, by tuning in. Uh, whether you're doing it on the live broadcast or the podcast, uh, we do appreciate each and every one of you, and uh, we always appreciate it when you give us a sound out uh, that you are tuning in and that we hear from you as well. So please uh, be sure to do that and uh, let us know that you're listening and and uh, following us. We we appreciate that, and uh, we feel very blessed to have you uh, uh, being a part of our show in that way. So thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I, I can't say it enough. Uh, I could say it a uh, hundred more times, and it's it's probably not enough uh, uh, just to know how much we appreciate you. Anything you want to add there, Jay? Have to uh, deal with it as as the series did or whatever. But you heard, you've heard the drivers say it. You know, without the fans, there there's no reason to be there. So it is about the mm-hmm. fans and the listeners, and we do appreciate it, yes. And real quick, I think we left out Andy. We didn't feature Andy. Andy has done so much uh, this season as well. He's great on the Hot Topics uh, conversation and has been our co-host all all season long and for the last few years. Um, Andy, uh, unfortunately, couldn't be here tonight, but uh, and and we miss him when he's not here. Uh, but Andy is certainly a big part of this as well. He's done some hot topic features uh, this season, and uh, I hope he continues to do that throughout the next uh, upcoming season as well. Uh, we, we try to feature everybody who has contributed this season, and uh, that that's Andy's contribution. And, and, again, I appreciate you guys so much uh, for everything that you contribute to the website and to the radio show. So. Uh, with that, I think we're ready to call it a wrap, Jay. Or do you want to do your your uh, uh, roundtable at this point? I know we're overtime here. We might get cut off, but let's go for it. All right. Well, uh, you can follow me on Michael Hoosman and Mopar M- uh, Michael, Michael Hoosman on Facebook, and then Mopar MJ8 on Twitter and Instagram. I know we're going into the off season. I know we all kind of stay in touch. Uh, Take a little bit of a break, but I know come February we're all biting biting at the bit to get back on here and uh, get into the next racing season. So y'all enjoy that break, the holidays, spend the time with your family and, and downtime that we all need, and we'll see you again next year. Absolutely. I am Fan for Racing site on Twitter, Fan for Racing blog, and radio elsewhere, including fanforacing.com. And uh, as uh, things come up, I will try my best to kind of continue to update uh, the the uh, website. Uh, this, of course, is our last show uh, of the season, uh, but we will be back in February. And believe me, we will all be biting at the bit <laughs> when we come back in February because we love the sport. So uh, uh, if you haven't had a chance to tune in and hear our interviews with Jesse Love, Earlier in the night, uh, uh, we encourage you to listen to that. He was the Yarko West champion. And Joe Graff Jr. was supposed to be on with us tonight, but due to unforeseen circumstances, uh, he was not able to come on uh, tonight. 
And so uh, we're really kind of sad about that. He was a regular guest throughout the season, and unfortunately we didn't say get to say uh, goodnight to him or goodbye to him uh, for the season. But uh, hopefully we'll be able to work something out for the upcoming season with Joe and continue our relationship there. So, uh, again, thank you, Joe, for uh, being with us throughout the season. Uh, we appreciate that. And uh, Jesse, too, has been on with us quite a bit throughout the season, so it seems appropriate for them to be on our final show of this year. Um, and uh, we appreciate uh, all of our guests as well. So with that, I guess uh, we're ready to say good night. All right. Good night. Okay. Good night, everybody. Look forward to uh, 2021.